Welcome to episode 20 of the Daniel Yours podcast with today's guest, John Martirosian. Let's go. First things first off the top here, John, buddy, I'm sorry if I butchered your last name in the intro there. And that's why you go by J-Mart everywhere else. I, I presume John's a great guy. He's a friend of mine. We used to work together at the same gym. He's a personal trainer, dad, all around awesome guy. And John's podcast, the state of health podcast is actually the first place that I got introduced to podcasting. I was a guest on his show, which was a great experience and led to all of this that we've done now and, and what, uh, you know, everything else that will come. We had a great discussion, obviously many, many things that we could have talked about, but we chose to kind of focus in on this. I know it's a little bit of a longer episode. We spoke a lot about calories and this came about uh, just based on some interaction that we had online together and seeing different posts and what calories are, do they matter, do they not matter, why do they matter, when do they matter, who should care about it, who shouldn't care about it. All of these things are so nuanced and there's so many ifs, ands, or buts and it's different for every person in every situation. So we wanted to try our best to clarify all of this because it can be such murky water to get through it and understand what it all means and how to apply it into your own life. I think we did a great job of breaking it down and attacking it from a few different angles, posing some arguments that we didn't necessarily agree with, but just like, hey, what about this? This is a, would be a common question and posing some real life scenarios and situations to help navigate this whole thing because calories, it's kind of a hot button topic. It's, it's a little bit trending, I guess, right now. It's always something that matters, but to the degree that it matters and to the degree that you need to pay attention to it is kind of what's up for debate and up for discussion and up for individual exploration. Speaking of exploration, we also spoke a lot about John's bodyweight training program and how to explore the human body in terms of movement and how beautiful and expressive we can be and how deep we can go into learning so much about ourselves just through just through learning about our own body. And it, it's such a great exploration into, into just this human experience that we all have access to and how we can tap into that and learn so much about ourselves. So it was a fantastic conversation. We got through a lot. I will have the links to contact John and to access his bodyweight program in the podcast or in the show notes of this episode, late night one. So I'm struggling on my words, stumbling, recording this after now. But anyways, fantastic conversation with my buddy, John. Hope there's, hope there's a lot of things you can take out of this episode and pass this along to anyone else who needs to hear this information. But here it is, conversation with J Mark. John, thanks for joining me, man. It's a pleasure to uh, speak with you again. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be on your, on your podcast this time around. Yeah, John, uh, for those who don't know, my first ever intro to podcasting was being a guest on John's podcast and, and John and I worked together a while ago at the gym. And so it's great to, you know, bring things full circle again. Yeah, my podcast, your podcast, let's keep the conversations rolling and, uh, and uh, keep discussing these uh, topics about uh, health fitness that are interesting to us, hopefully to other people as well. Exactly. It's like, you know, we, we have these conversations on a regular basis and, and those of us in the industry and it's just so much easier to share it because there's so much value in it. So why not just put it out there into the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. We can try to make complex topics a little bit simpler, more digestible for people. 100% agree. Uh, just real quick off the top, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, uh, just for people who don't know yet. Sure. My name is John. I'm a personal trainer. Uh, I've been doing this for about four years now, I think, approaching five. And um a little bit of my background. I have like a academic uh, training in biochemistry. I have a master of science in developmental bio. And uh, I, af after kind of earning my degrees, I worked in, uh, in pharma for a little while and then decided that it wasn't the right lifestyle for me and switched gears, started working as a personal trainer. 
uh, went from commercial gyms working at a good life to small boutique gym where we met now training basically out of my home and uh that's uh that pretty much sums it up <laughs> yeah and uh and dad life is has taken over now yeah yeah i got um i got a little boy just turned two years old uh yeah i had to put him down just before we started the podcast yeah it's crazy that he's already two. Like I remember when, you know, when you, when you took time off and whatever to, to be at home with the family and like two years has already passed. It's wild. Yeah. The classic saying is the, uh, the days are long, but the years are short. Yeah, for sure. For sure. How, how are things with him? Like he's, he must be moving around and like, I see him in your Instagram videos. Like he's watching you train and kind of like playing around with you. How's that going? Yeah, he's, he's great. He's at the, the two years stage is like awesome for playing around and roughhousing. So I'm just like picking him up and throwing him at the couch and bouncing him off all over the place. Amazing. And he, yeah, he just got some decent grip strength where he can hang from a bar too. Pretty, pretty excited about that. Nice. <laughs> that's yeah. That's right. Up, that's right up your alley that he's, that he's able to hang for the bar. For sure. <laughs> Amazing. Is he showing any, like any affinity for, for sports and just for like exercise and playing and stuff in general, or, or what's that like at this point? Uh, yeah, I think the closest thing to that is kind of like he uh, he's really interested by all the equipment I have in the basement. So he's always asking to go down to the basement. And uh, I've got like two and a half pound uh, like uh, weights, I guess, that uh, are perfect for him. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Are you are you doing anything like not to train him? That's such like too aggressive of a term. But like, are you doing things to sort of like try and groom him in such a way to, <laughs> to build a super athlete? <laughs> Yeah, in, in a way, like uh, just kind of like with the, like I said, with the grip thing, uh, when I go to the calisthenic park, I always bring him with me and like I encourage him to hang on to the bar. We do kind of like, uh, you know, uh, pull ups where I push him up and down as I have him in, a, in my hands. So he kind of likes that. He really enjoys it. I do have a balance beam at home too. And he seems to like, kind of like watch me balance on it. And every once in a while, he'll kind of want to go on it himself. So I hold his hands and he'll kind of step on it. Uh, that's about it. Nice. That's amazing. Yeah. It must be, it must be so much fun. And I mean, just, you know, seeing that example, like has to be a good thing, right? You know, we, we monkey see monkey do kind of thing. Yeah, and and yeah. if you know, he sees mom and dad exercising, you know, much more likely to lead that healthy lifestyle as he, as he grows up. Yeah, totally. At the, at the park, I saw another little girl, even younger than my boy who was like hanging from the bar and do, doing some amazing things. And I was like, Oh my goodness, like this girl is way smaller than you, Benny, look at that. And then I spoke to the father and he was like, oh, she's got an older brother. So like you said, monkey see, monkey do. So she's been motivated to do the things that the older brother does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, the sibling thing is definitely, definitely a, a real factor. Like even, I don't know this for a fact, but I think it's somewhat true. Like a lot of pro athletes are younger siblings just because you're used to like, you know, fighting your big brother, big sister. And so you just develop that like different kind of toughness where you're always, you're always losing, but you're always fighting someone bigger <laughs> yeah. than you. And so it just, you know, as you grow older into like a, you know, an adult, it, it translates well onto the field for most yeah. sports. Yeah. As an older sibling, I can attest to the fact that I put my younger brother through lots of trials and tribulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm the same. I'm the same. My, my two younger brothers are, are exactly the same. And if they listen to this, uh, just know that I'll always still kick your ass forever and ever. And even though both of them are significantly taller and longer than I am, uh, I will always be strong enough to beat them up in a fight. <laughs> It's just that older brother strength and mentality. Sorry. Exactly. Exactly. There's like that, that competition of just being able to win at anything. And like, you know, now there's a lot of stuff, like tons of stuff that they're way better than me at. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but physical strength and, and fighting, wrestling, roughhousing is, will never be one of them. 
Yeah, yeah, you just got the mental advantage from a young age and <laughs> they're never going to overcome it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, my, my lifetime fitness goals is never lose a never lose a wrestling match to my younger brothers. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's great. Good, great that you bring up lifetime fitness goals. Actually, that's one of the things I wanted to touch on a little bit. Yeah, today. tell me about tell me about it. What What is it? What is it like for you? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, just uh, the fact that um, like with bodyweight training and kind of like the my focus of uh, the style of uh, exercising and just like the fitness that I want to have, it just has to do a lot more with lifetime goals and achieving things that take a long time rather than like the quick things like, you know, looking good for the summer or whatever. It's more about the, the concept, which I totally stole from somebody else, is this uh, idea of the 100-year-old Olympics. You know, at, at one point, I'm going to be, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll be 100 years old and I'm going to be doing some Olympic event. <laughs> That's, this is the picture I'm building up in my mind. I don't that, know what the events are going to be, but I know I'm going to compete and I'm going to be, I'm going to kick ass. So I, I just want to be ready in any way possible through the training actually, and fitness that I have. Yeah, man, that. That actually sounds like a great idea. Like, I mean, commercially, it's not viable. Like, you know, obvious for for obvious reasons. Sorry to anyone who's a hundred years old out there, but I mean, you know, it would be it would be cool to see that because there would be like you know development around very old people uh, still being able to move and being athletic to to the degree that they can be athletic. It would be it would be interesting, but yeah, I mean, I don't know about the the realist the realism of that. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a fun little image to have in my in your mind as you're thinking about what exercises to choose to do and how to spend your time, right? We all have to make decisions and uh, you want to just be efficient with the time that you have. So this is this is kind of like the framework that I use for myself. Yeah, totally agree. Would you say that any of that mindset shifted since you became a father? Like, did your kind of philosophy on that change at all or... I mean, you were always into that kind of style of training anyways, but did it shift? Mm -hmm. I think the shift is more so just now to get more bang for my buck, do more with less. That's, that's really it. Um, just trying to make sure that, you know, I'm still being consistent and training, but I have to realize that now my priorities have shifted and uh, I just don't, I can't allot the same amount of time I did. I used to for training. Yeah. So now I just have to make sure that I'm being a uh, very, you know, like I said, efficient. And so I, what's the, yeah, it's like that 80, 20 principle, you can get 80% of the results with 20% of the effort. So I'm trying to find what's that right 20% for myself. Right. For sure. And, and it also comes back to like what actually matters to like, you know, being huge and being shredded. It's cool, but like at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. And so when you've got more important things to do in your life, which basically everyone does, uh, you know, mm. spending exorbitant amount of effort and money and time on, on, you know, gaining three pounds of muscle. Mm -hmm. It's just not, it's just not worth it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I still do care about like muscle hypertrophy and having uh, you know, a decent like physical appearance. So like, it's not like I'm, I'm disregarding that. It's just, uh, like I said, being time efficient. So if I have a half hour, I just, I know like I, what I'm going for, right. If I'm trying to, I'm going for muscle building that day, I need, I know I need to do the right amount of reps to get decent amount of muscle fatigue. So, you know, keep the, uh, keep the rest short, uh, do some, uh, you know, uh, opposing muscle groups or whatever, or go upper body, lower body, whatever I need to do to, you know, I basically make the rest period be uh, as uh, effective as possible. 
Yeah. And it's almost, and tell me if you kind of agree with this, it's almost like more your intent, like your intent going into the session is not, is not, you know, I say not, but it's not in these extremes or these absolutes. It's not to get huge. It's to get, to be more functional, to maintain your health, to be strong, to like be able to do things. Yeah. There's going to be some muscle building as a side effect, if you will, almost, but it's not like the main intent in your head kind of going into it. Yeah, that, that, and I guess the intent, and this is kind of going back to the question of like, how did, how has my mind saying changed is just, I'm, I have a way longer perspective in terms of like w- what my goals are and how I'm going to achieve them. You know, having had a kid now, like I see he's just a little baby and he, he's still got so much time until he's going to get turned into an adult. Right. And, um, you know, I, in that time, how much can you accomplish? like so much, right? There's, there's right. so like, so every day I'm just putting in a, in a little bit of a little bit of work, building my castle, uh, working on the foundation. I, I know what I need to do. So I'm just, you know, I, it's, it's almost like, I think of it as like, uh, like going, going to work and just you know, punching in and punching out. <laughs> Cause yeah. I know I just, the consistency is really the most important thing here. So if I'm consistent and, uh, that that's, that's, what's going to ma- matter most. And, and then on top of that, I know that I have only a little bit of time. So then that's the time efficiency thing comes in there. Right. For sure. And it's consistency over an extremely long period of time. Like it's over the next Mm -hmm. 70 Mm -hmm. years, not, not, not for the next six weeks. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, we get into these traps, uh, social media and whatnot of six week shred 12 week Mm -hmm. this. And it's like, okay, but what about, what about the rest of our life? Right. And so having that perspective is certainly a good thing. Yeah. That's the, another common phrase is like you underestimate or you overestimate what you can accomplish in a year, but underestimate what you can accomplish in 10 years. Yeah. So I'm just trying to have that 10, 10 year, like maybe I'm not, I'm not actually sure if I'm actually thinking in 10 year terms, but I'm definitely thinking in much longer ter- term periods because uh, yeah, it used to be like, yeah, 12 weeks, I'm going to get shredded. Right. That's like the, the typical, like uh, sell you on like a program kind of uh, marketing technique, but yeah, I, it's, it's, 12 weeks is is too short of a period for me at this point. <laughs> so, and like, I just, I also can't have the same level of intensity towards a goal that I used to have, right? So I can't, in 12 weeks, maybe if you're like really passionate about it and really, really work your ass off, you can get some re- decent results. But with the level of effort I'm going to put in, it's not going to happen in 12 weeks. So I just have to extend that time period. Yeah, exactly. And and there's also like, there's no real end goal either. Like, so after that 12 weeks, if you get shredded or you get to some level of, you know, muscle size, like, well, then what? You don't just, you don't just stop. Like it never, it never ends. Right. And one of my, one of my favorite quotes, I think I've shared it on the podcast from someone before it was from Charles Poliquin. Someone asked him, um, in like a Q and a session, or maybe it was on another podcast, but they said, what's the secret to getting a big squat? And he laughs and, you know, in his kind of like smart ass way, he goes, Oh, it's easy. Just once a week, squat heavy for 10 years in a row and you'll have a big squat. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, like what a, what a dick. That's not the answer that's, that the person was looking for, you know, as he, as he usually uh, was like, that's uh, the great man that he was, but uh, you know, he's like, he's not, he's not wrong, right? Like to do it exactly. consistently for 10 years and you're going to squat some impressive numbers if that's your goal. Right. Yeah. And I, and why not? Why can't that be the right answer? You know, just change your time preference, right? Go, I think the, it's a little bit confusing, but you go to a lower time frame, time preference, which means you, you, you're looking for things a lot further ahead than just tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'll correct myself there. I said wrong answer, but I think, you know, the person was probably looking for some more technical advice than like, yeah, you know, something yeah. <laughs> philosophical like that. But, yeah. but yeah, you're, I totally agree. Yeah. You gotta, gotta zoom out a little bit to, to see the big picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When in doubt, zoom out look back to where you were before and how much further you are 
right now and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I did that. It's it's funny you, you mentioned that quote, the when in doubt, zoom out, because I, I, I feel like I'm going to start using that one. And I actually saw it in relation to like uh, Bitcoin and stuff last week. People were all freaking out about the, or the week before, whatever it was, people were freaking out about the prices. And then someone on Twitter was like, when in doubt, zoom out. And you, you know, you zoom out of the chart over the past 10 years and the price is all over the place. It's like, ah, just calm down. It's going to be okay. But same was with our fitness, right? I mean, you know, you, yeah. you gain five pounds this week or whatever. Uh, you know, zoom out, you're probably doing okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, we just got to look back and see, like, I, I like looking back at myself and kind of thinking about all the things that I thought that were impossible, you know, and like how my mindset was like, Oh, I can't do that. And, and now it's just like, what was the thing that led to me breaking that, uh, that thought and you know, going past the, the limitations, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting to think about because it happens all the time that that's how things change really, really. Right. Right. We just got, we're constantly breaking down walls, breaking down barriers. And, uh, but it's not unidirectional either. Like, you know, you're going to take one step forward, two steps back, or sometimes two steps forward, one step back. It's, it's, it's okay. It's, uh, if you're consistent, that's the, like, I'm just going to keep bringing it back to that. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's hard to get away from that because it's just, it's the underlying principle of basically everything. Consistency and time uh, is going to, is going to get you the results. Almost, you know, a lot of things will work. A lot of things will not work, but when mm -hmm. you apply it over a, a legitimate amount of time, which is way more time than people think, uh, you know, magic happens there. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency time and like your attention span, right? You actually, you have to be infatuated by something. You have to really be, you have to have a great desire for it. You want to think about it. You want to go to sleep dreaming about it almost, you know what I mean? For There's sure. got to be a lot of uh, attention paid onto something like whatever you're good at, you've paid a lot of attention to it, right? Like <laughs> if uh, this is what, this is, this was always the number one thing that I would like harp on clients when we were, we we were training is like, they'd like start spacing out and like going all over the place. I'm like, tension, yeah. <laughs> yeah. come yeah. on, man. Like at your work, like, uh, you know, you're good at your job, aren't you? Like, is it cause you're like wandering all over the place or is it cause is it cause you're focused? Do you want to be good at this too? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it's true. And it, and it applies to everything. Just like you said, right. Everyone who's great at what they do, they, they spent time at it. Nobody became a, a, a great, uh, accountant or a lawyer or, a you know, any other type of non-athletic job just by accident. You didn't just wake up and you were born a, a you know, a brilliant physicist. Like, you know, it didn't, it didn't just happen. You studied your nope. butt off and, and, and made it work over, over time. Right. But, you know, it, it, I guess we're biased because we like this kind of stuff. We're, we're into it. It's always been a part of who we are. And so mm -hmm. it's almost easier for us to like, you know, be mm -hmm. in the zone or be in our body when we're exercising or whatever. And for others, it's, you know, you know, we, we might be able to like, or not be able to pay that much attention to some financial stuff, but mm -hmm. someone else who's in that world can like really zone in on that and, and go, go off for hours, uh, mm -hmm. and they can't for exercise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true enough. And I mean, even with, with, with fitness exercise, uh, all of this, even with that, I'm, I get like a, you know, a bird brain that's wandering all over the place as well. Like, and you know, it's up to me to, uh, make that decision that like when I catch myself wandering off that I refocus and recenter. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, it is easier, I guess, to do because I love it, but uh, it's also trainable as well, for sure.
for sure. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's trainable and, and we're not, uh, we're not exceptions. We're not super, super humans. Yeah. We, we are regular people too. <laughs> we exactly. have all the same, uh, distractions and, and, uh, I don't know, what can you call them? Uh, shortcomings, whatever as everyone yeah. else, right? We've just yeah, tra- exactly. trained the ability to, to rein it, rein it in a little bit. Yeah. And like, you'll have people looking at us and being like, oh my God, you're superhuman. And we're like, what are you talking about? We're nothing. We have other people we look up to that we think are superhuman. And then they have another level of uh, like on top of that, which is crazy to even think about. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is true. It's like, uh, I'm sure you get this question all the time. I know I would get it out of the gym all the time. It's like, so do you guys like never eat pizza? Like, what's that like? It's like, well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I you gotta ask somebody else. Cause that's not me. <laughs> uh yeah or like uh yeah like it's always like how many times do you like one rm like squat how do you like how many times do you max out your squat like yeah <laughs> that's that's another good one yeah. how much how much can you bench i don't know i never, never <laughs> like haven't tried in a long time you know like, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah if that's i'm tired I'm... or if i'm really well rested <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, the, that's the answer <laughs> yeah exactly um good stuff man we can we can keep going at this forever but we did have a couple of more specific things that we did want to cover today. Um, we'll take as much time as we need to, but but let's sort of uh, transition there and, and introduce it to everyone. Yeah. So um, just a little bit of context. We're going to speak about calories and what those are, whether they matter, whether they don't matter, and, and the scenarios and, and implications where they do matter and to what degree they do matter. Um, mm-hmm. The context of this was there was a post a couple of weeks ago, um, I, I believe uh, it was Dr. Jason Fung, who, mm-hmm. who is a, I actually don't know his title, but whatever. He, he, he is quite an audience. Um, and he made some posts basically claiming that, and again, don't quote me on this. I don't remember the exact post and all that stuff, but it yeah. was claiming that calories don't matter at all. And, and the fact that uh, people count calories uh, is, is nonsense and useless and a complete waste of time. And then there was a rebuttal post uh, from a guy who I personally really like. His name's Ben Carpenter. Um, and he was basically explaining that what he's saying is just completely incorrect and taking out of context and using incomplete information. Um, and we had a little bit of a back and forth on that. So we figured yeah. why not, why not share that? Because it is a useful conversation. There are always totally. extremes to these kind of things. Um, and as per usual with almost anything in, in fitness and life, the answer usually lies somewhere in the middle, uh, mm-hmm. but getting there in the context of how we get there and how to apply it to each individual is, is where the, is, is where the difficulty lies. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, like, uh, I follow. I think uh, was it Brandon Carpenter? I, I don't even remember. His I think name, it's Ben. Ben Carpenter. Ben. Yeah, yeah. I have him on my Instagram too, and I I definitely like most of the posts he makes as well. And uh, like, I'm with you. Like, I I I think I agree with both sides. <laughs> like, it's uh, it's uh, I see scenarios where one one is true, and then the scenarios when the other is is, is true as well. So it's it's just. Uh, a matter of uh, fine tuning it for an individual person, I guess, ultimately, just like with anything, whether it's uh, physical training or nutrition, uh, everything works for some people. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you exactly. just got to find what of that everything works for you in particular. Exactly. So, so let's, uh, let's get into it then. The, we'll present the argument as like, um, mm-hmm. you know, calories don't matter because there are many studies showing that uh, when calories are counted in a diet, it may lead to a small degree of weight loss, but over the long period of time, there is a rebound or a regain of the same mm-hmm. or greater amounts of weight. And then the conclusion, therefore, is that calories don't matter. Now, mm-hmm. I am more on the side and what in our discussion was that calories always matter. And in my opinion, it's, it's an indisputable fact. 
So mm-hmm. let's let's go. But but that's also like an extreme and incomplete statement that's missing a lot of context. So so let's go into that. If someone says calories always matter, you can't argue that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's let's break down what what we mean by that, right? Like calories matter or calories in, calories out. Um, what are calories, <laughs> right? It's it's a so let's let's start with that. So it's a way that people measure energy, right? Um, and if we want to go into the specific definition of a calorie, I looked this up because I wanted to be prepared. It's the amount of energy required to raise one kilogram of water by one degree Celsius. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, you can tell it's a very specific way to measure energy, right? And it's very important because when you're doing an experiment in a laboratory, you want to be very accurate, very specific with your measurements because that's how you show something's working or not, right? That's how you actually like do an experiment is you have to have, you know, correct calculations, correct measurements in order to have validity behind any sort of result you show through an experiment. But when people are talking about calories in calories out and having an allergy and like a calorie deficit so that the energy balance is like negative so that you're losing weight, yeah, it's, that's what that's what they're really talking about, right? They're just making they're just trying to say make sure you're not overeating. So I thought like that's a much better reframe for calories in calories out because ultimately it's really hard to measure calories, <laughs> right? First of all, it's very tedious. Like they have apps now which make it a lot easier so you can look things up on the on the phone or whatever and be able to be like, "Oh, that looks about 400 grams of beef there." So, if I type that into my app here, it'll tell me it'll pop out the number of calories that are in that. But how accurate is that really, right? And then taking add on to that the fact that like people have different genetics and they will absorb food differently, so the amount of energy in that is uh, are you absorbing all the energy or are you not? And then what is that energy, right? Like then we talk about, okay, food is, um, food is chemical energy, right? And the chemical bonds that like put, like connect food together, I guess you could say, it's the energy in that, that you kind of measure for determining the amount of calories that, is stored in that, but that's not like really what happens when you consume food, right? When you consume food, you break it down, but you don't break it down by every single calorie, every single chemical bond. You just break it down to like usable parts and then reuse it in your, in your body. And then, uh, sorry, I'm going off uh, on a, a bit of a rant here, but let that's me just okay. finish all the way. And then we can kind of uh, summarize everything. And then on top of that, certain foods you eat uh, have an impact on your energy expenditure itself right? We have protein, which has thermic effect, right? So when you eat uh, that, that protein, a bunch of the energy within that protein is used to actually absorb it. That's not true for all foods, right? Different foods have different varying thermic effects. And then, uh, and then if we bring it back to like sugar and carbohydrates in general, right? We, if you uh, are eating processed uh, uh, carbs and uh, added sugar, those have a, a really large impact on your hormone balance, right? You have, you, have, you can get a huge insulin spike uh, from eat, consuming those foods, which can have a huge impact on your metabolism. So then how are you really measuring the calories out part of that expenditure, that, that energy balance equation? So it's just, it's really difficult to measure. And when we're talking about calories, we're talking about a very specific measurement 
for an experiment. But if someone's just trying to lose weight, they're not doing a very tedious, well-controlled experiment. They're just trying to, they're just trying to lose weight. So right. you, I, I have another point that I can add to that, but I just want you to kind of maybe uh, give me a response to what I just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Save that one on the, on the back burner. Lots to, lots to unpack there. Um, I think one thing to equate, if you can think about uh, calories, is like a uh, calorie is a unit of measurement. So it's the same as one pound. One pound of feathers and one pound of bricks is still one pound, right? That's, that's how one, you know, if, for anyone listening, you can think about a calorie as that. A one calorie of one food, well, it's not exact, but one calorie is the energy. So it is, it is what it is. It's just a form of energy. So that's that. The other thing that I think maybe we should define is, is a caloric deficit. So in the context of weight loss, a caloric deficit means you are consuming or, or your, your calorie expenditure is greater than your caloric intake. So everyone's body operates at level X. Let's say mm-hmm. for argument's sake, this is not a real number. Nobody mm-hmm. used this number, but say 1,000 calories is the amount of calories that your body requires given all the exercise and everything one does in a day. Mm-hmm. If you consume less than that, it will result in weight loss. If you consume greater than that, it will result in weight gain. If you do that consistently over a long period of time. Correct. Correct. Good. Good um, uh, interjection there. Um, so, so now that those are out of the way, we can we can kind of understand that. Now, mm-hmm. I think. So, so this is where I kind of I totally disagree with the with the Doctor Fung's thing. Is like calories they always matter. Like you, I don't think it's even disputable to say that they don't matter. Now, just because you don't sit there and count them and put them into an app, it doesn't mean that they don't count anyways mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. if i'm not counting them they still add up to something that results in in uh, a change or reaction or whatever in my body and i mm-hmm. think this is the missing link is that one doesn't need to count calories but you do need to be aware of the volume of food you're eating we mm-hmm. can it's very easy to say eat less but how do mm-hmm. we quantify what's less you know you can look at a plate and say okay this plate has you know this much food and this plate has slightly less and that will be less food. But how do you know that that's less for you? Like this is where calories come in is something that, mm-hmm. you know, a way to quantify this to actually understand how much is, how much is less, how much is more, and, and then use that to, uh, to, to lose weight or to gain weight or to whatever your, your goal is at the time. Yeah. And uh, totally, that makes a lot of sense. And, but my counter to that is that what happens when we kind of have this mindset of calories in, calories out? and calories always matter, then we start thinking about how much food rather than which food. And I think which food you eat is much more important than how much food you eat. Because what is the biggest thing that people struggle with when they're trying to lose weight? They're constantly hungry, right? Right. And it's because of that calorie deficit. They're like, well, I got to eat less and spend more energy and move more. But I think if we flip that on its head, And what if we thought about what is the most amount of food I can eat, but still lose weight, right? I think that's, that's a much better frame. uh, That is the much better reframe. And uh, it can be a lot more sustainable because then we can ask, okay, what are the best foods that are micronutrient dense? I can get all the things I need from that food to make my body function properly, be healthy. And I can still get a decent amount of calories, but then, you know, ultimately, because I'm eating these nutrient dense foods, my body has a way of like, um, uh, it has a way of detecting how much uh, 
nutrients I'm eating. And it, it, like, it will know once I've kind of met the, my requirements, I will have a way of kind of stopping. Right. And that's kind of like what, what, what's most difficult for people is when they have all this food in front of them and they're eating and they're eating, they're eating, they can't stop. <laughs> right. And why is it that they can't stop? It's because of what they're eating. Most of what people are eating is processed food. Right. And processed food has been like, you know, gone through all this kind of uh, all these steps of package uh, that, that take it from like when it was actually food to being a food product packaged. Right. And within those steps, there's like many things that are done to it to make it hyper palatable so that you want to keep eating it. And a lot of times the nutrients are actually taken out so that when you're eating it, you're like loving it because it tastes amazing but you're not getting actually any of the nutrients that your body can detect and be like, okay, stop eating. Right. And I think that's, that's when like, uh, the calories in calorie uh, calories out model really kind of breaks down because yeah, you, 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 you can, you can force yourself to eat less, but why do that when you can just focus on eating the best highest quality food and naturally just stop when you're satiated and then what, what happens is that what you're talking about, the calories mattering, that becomes an output, right? So we all have decisions that we make and then results that happen. If you make a decision to eat um, you know, high quality, nutrient-dense foods, I think over time, if you're consistent with that, you will naturally start losing weight and get to the point, get to your kind of like natural weight. But if you have the decision of, okay, I'm only going to focus on calories. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I mark down everything I'm eating, how many calories that is. I'll mark down how much exercise I'm doing, how much energy I'm spending, and then make sure that that math equates to being in a calorie deficit that can work too, but it's such a harder, harder mindset to have to, to be in this like starvation mode almost. And that's, right. that's, that's kind of like my rebuttal to that. Yeah, no, I, I I think I mostly agree to you with you on on pretty well everything there. But I'm gonna play the other side for a second here and say and pose a scenario to you. So if we, if we want to focus on eating only healthy foods and and we assume that uh, one has access to only healthy foods and that um, the body will somewhat to to a degree self regulate the uh, volume consumption of these foods so that calories are equated for what they should be. Most likely at a maintenance level, the body doesn't want to lose weight. You would have to you'd have to have some some uh, disciplinary intervention uh, of your own self to to stop eating before that point. Mm -hmm. um, but my my I guess my scenario is this can also be it can also be boring for some people. People don't like to eat only healthy foods all the time. I I want uh, you know a piece of chocolate cake. I want the dessert. I want that the bag of chips at night. I want those things, and I want to be able to enjoy my life. So mm -hmm. now I have to, I have to, you know, you obviously don't have to, but someone will say, I have to be able to eat those foods, these highly processed, highly palatable foods, but I still want to be able to lose weight. And so this is where I believe the counting calories has, or understanding of calories has some more value in the more realistic setting. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I think that's when that reframe of just don't overeat comes in rather than like, you know, always thinking about calories in, calories out, just, uh, you know, encouraging people to eat uh, high quality nutrient dense foods, like I said, encouraging people to not overeat. And then uh, I guess uh, 
you know, if, if, and, and, and you know what, like, I don't want to play down the whole like counting calories too much because like some people it's perfect for, right. We have like the type A personalities, the really analytical types that like, like thrive that they don't just like, like, like do it. They thrive doing, doing this. And, you know, people will have Excel spreadsheets where they put, put down all the food they're eating and all the calories and they love doing that. And that's great. Like if that's working for you, absolutely do that. Sorry. Right. It's just, um, that's, I think it's a, it's a small subset of people if we're being realistic, right? It's, it's <laughs> so, so then uh, I guess the point you were trying to make is like, what, what, what about the people who still want to have some processed foods? And, and then I guess it's a question of how much, right? It, it, again, that, so then, yeah. So the first question is, what are you eating? Then the second question is, how much are you eating? Rather than, the, rather than asking like, how many calories are you consuming, right? Because, you know, not every calorie is the same, right? Alcohol has calories. Do you think a thousand calories of alcohol is the same as like a thousand calories of protein? Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just going to, I was just going to bring this up. I think, I think the dangerous side of the calories in calories out or, or the extreme side of the calories in calories out is the, the, if it fits your macros people, for anyone mm. who's unfamiliar with that, the macronutrients are proteins, carbohydrates, and fat. And each of them have their designated amount of, uh, calories in them. Uh, you know, whatever. And so the, if it fits your macros, people will say it doesn't matter what you eat at all. So long as, as your food fits your macros. And these are the people that you'll see, you know, they'll have a Big Mac and a Snickers bar and a, and a Coke, not a Diet Coke, a regular Coca-Cola. And, you know, they'll eat all junk, but they'll be within their calories and they'll still be losing weight. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, weight loss, if, if that's your only goal in life and like your sole purpose, then I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to work. But mm -hmm. is that optimal for health? Mm -hmm. No. Is it optimal mm -hmm. for, for your performance in the gym or in your job or anything else in life? No, it's not either. And that's the kind of the, the dangerous side of this, if it fits your macros or, or the, or the, uh, the dangerous side of the counting calories uh, team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, it, it works if you, and that's, that's why ultimately you say calorie, calories always matter and it's indisputable. Because yeah, at the end of the day, if you're spending more calories than you're consuming, absolutely, you will lose weight. It's just a matter of like, is this uh, something you want to do for the rest of your life? Is this sustainable? Um, you know, are you still enjoying your life from following this? And, uh, you know, if, if, if that's true, then uh, continue doing what you're doing. And if it's, if it's continues to work for you. But, you know, I think if we like going back to what we started with, if you have a long-term mindset, you know, you want to make it to a hundred years, you're going to make, be at, the, at those Olympics, <laughs> you know, perhaps if it fits your macros, isn't going to get you there. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb and say that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, um, macronutrients are great and everything, but ultimately to make your body function, you need micronutrients, you need vitamins, you need minerals, you need all those things that make the little proteins and enzymes in your body function. So um, if you're low on those, uh, something is going to be suboptimal. So for sure. I think another thing with that, in, in terms of actually the sustainability of that, if it fits your macro style of eating is also just like you mentioned, hunger is one of the biggest, uh, the biggest challenges to overcome when pursuing weight loss. And so you, you briefly touched on it, but these hyper palatable, uh, you know, highly processed foods, they're very, uh, what's the opposite of, of dense calorically undense 
<laughs> yeah. uh, whatever deficient um, de- calorically deficient or, or no uh whatever like oh, one nutrient deficient they're, nutrient deficient but no 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 but they're yeah they're calorie dense but nutrient deficient which is which is why like people are fat but malnutrition <laughs> right right and th- and that and and even even one step further than that is like a thousand calories of junk food of like a chocolate bar is not going to fill you up and so you're still going to be hungry but mm-hmm. you know try and eat uh, a thousand or two thousand calories of of chicken breast and vegetables and like sweet potato like you know you're going to be full you're not going to mm-hmm. want to keep eating but you can slam back 5000 calories of chocolate bars without even thinking about it and mm-hmm. and that's where the that's where the danger comes of this and then and then this is how it's not sustainable because you're you're constantly hungry and so you can't actually or it's much more difficult to actually stick to that deficit if if that's your goal yeah exactly exactly so the yeah the 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 food has to be full of nutrients and those nutrients are usually in a food matrix, right? It's all kind of like mixed in there in the matrix and your body breaks it down, works hard to break it down and extract those nutrients. Now, if you're taking processed food in, it's already been all broken down. Most of the nutrients are out and there's lots of sugar in there. And it's like added sugar that easily, there's very little breakdown that needs to happen inside your body for that to uh, be absorbed and go into your bloodstream. And, uh, you know, that'll be good for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, but pretty soon after that, uh, you know, the, uh, the blood sugar goes down and you, you feel hungry again. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, you're running on like this never ending uh, treadmill trying, trying to lose weight, but, uh, ultimately you're not actually getting anywhere because you're constantly hungry. So satiety. Yeah. Like you said, like I've had a lot of success and a lot of failures helping clients lose weight. And it always comes down to how are we able to manage their satiety, their hunger levels. And uh, the best way to do that is to eat real food full of real nutrients. And that can help people, you know, go long periods of time without needing food, without constantly thinking about it, without like, you know, when you're trying to get work done and you're hungry, you just, you just can't think you're just like, you're trying to f- write a sentence if you're writing or something. And, and to the front of your he- mind, it's just like, why aren't you eating anything yet? Why just go open the fridge door? Like just these thoughts keep popping in your head. It's like, yeah, of course, of course people are going to struggle and they're not going to be able to stick to their goals. If that's what's happening, you need, you need, you need a mental break. You need to be not thinking about, about food for once or for a, an extended period of time. So, uh, you know, it, Calories matter, but what food you're eating matters most. Yeah. I think just to, just to play off that in terms of the, the calories, like if you're always hungry and you're always thinking about food, that's not good because the food is consuming your thoughts. But if you're, if you're full, if you feel full, but you're still like meticulously tracking all your calories, you're still thinking about food all the time. So you're mm. full and still thinking about food and it's still like controlling your, your brain. It's, it's every waking moment. Oh, I, I ate all this healthy food. It was, you know, X, X amount of calories. I have, you know, Y amount of calories left. And it's still a form of like a mental control that it, that it possesses over you. And then, you know, even though you're being healthy and maybe making good choices, and one caveat to this, and, and I don't think we need to go into it, but like, you know, weight loss does not equal health all the time, right? You, you know, you can lose weight and be very unhealthy and, mm-hmm. and, and whatever. That's a kind of a whole separate discussion, I think. But, um, mm-hmm. but if the food is still controlling your brain by you mm-hmm. counting all these calories that can lead to eating disorders in and of itself and, and just mental fatigue from, from being obsessed over the food that you're eating and not eating. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm a bit of a foodie. I love food. I like to, uh, uh, go to restaurants where they make like these amazing things that I can't make at home and like, you know, enjoy food arts, you could call it. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you're just going from meal to meal, thinking about the next, and I like, I know some people, even in the fitness industry, like the people who, uh, uh, who are still stuck on the old, like six meals a day kind of, uh, plan <laughs> where like, I can't, I, I, I literally had a conversation with somebody who was like, I have like anxiety leaving my house. Cause, uh, I'm worried that I might get hungry and I won't have access to my food. <laughs> <laughs> That's just it's, not a way to live. No, no, exactly. It's, it's and like, you know, you, food is like this. It's so interesting because food is like this social instrument that we use to, you know, interact with one another, to make friendships, to make memories, just to like live life really. Right. And but at the same time, it's like this fuel, right? It's this <laughs> chemical energy that we also need in order to survive. And it's hard to manage and balance like this, like, you know, when you're bored and with your, with your friends, you like bring out some food and all of a sudden, like, you know, your, your finger food, you got some finger foods, you're, you know, snacking away and like having a grand old time. So like, you know, I don't want to <laughs> say that that's bad, right? It's just a, you have to, you know, keep in mind, like I said, what are you eating and how much are you eating? Yeah, yeah, you're right. There, in that order. Yeah, of course. There's <laughs> there's something special about food. I mean, think about every every major holiday or celebration from every culture, tradition, religion, whatever in the world, they're almost all centered around food. Or or if they're not centered around the food, there are special foods that coincide with that holiday or celebration. Like a very simple one that everyone can agree on is we all have birthday cake. Why do we have mm -hmm. birthday cake? Why don't we just have a why don't we just sing happy birthday and not have cake? Because it's fun to have the cake together. Right. Like, you know, yeah. I don't know the reason or the history of birthday cake specifically, but there, there are reasons that we enjoy food together and having meals with other people is is something that is a is special bond with someone. Mm -hmm. And and I think in the context of covid, you know, when restaurants open up, we're all going to want to go back there again. We're all going to want to get together socially. And and what are we going to do? We're going to eat and we're going to drink and we're going to do whatever we're going to do. But it's all gonna, there's always going to be food around. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's a. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, I have a lot of like sympathy for people who are trying like very restrictive uh, uh, like diets. You know, I, I, I've tried a couple uh, here and there and it's like you have to just forget your social life basically and be very focused in order to like stick to something. Right. Because at, at every, every turn, like it's surprising when you like start paying attention to it, how much like food you're surrounded by how much food people are offering you constantly, like, and you have to like turn down and you feel like a bad person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, it is something that's important to pay attention to. I know even from myself, uh, last summer when things opened up again, I was, uh, or I was transitioning my training, whatever, to a time where I was trying to gain weight. And I purposely timed that because I knew that as things opened up, there are going to be so many social obligations and I don't want to be turning things down. So if I can justify to myself to say, hey, I can eat all the things, I can do whatever, then you know, I'm gaining weight, I'm trying to do this anyways, I'm trying to eat as much food as possible, then it works. But if I was in a in a phase where I was like, you know, being super strict to try and lose weight, that that would have been that would have been horrible. I would have been turning down tons of social uh occasions, mm -hmm. obligations, you know, whatever, and it would have mm -hmm. just been it would have been a terrible uh 
time, I guess. And I would have also been less likely to be successful at it because how many times are you going to say no, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it just comes down to like decisions and outcomes. Like what decisions are you making? And there's going to be certain outcomes that are as a result of those decisions. You know, if you, like I said, the calorie, the, the calorie deficit, I'm going to just want to rephrase this again, is an outcome. It's a result of you deciding to eat. Uh, like, I think this is my opinion of you deciding to eat uh, high quality nutrient dense foods. Once you do that, I think over time, if you're consistent, you know, let's, let's put a, an arbitrary, like 80% consistency on it, you know, um, you know, just, let's say five days out of the week, go, don't go crazy on the weekend, but, <laughs> but, you know, be consistent. And, uh, one, if you do that over a long period of time, like I, I, this, this happens so often, like I have a recent case, this is happening with like a family uh, member where like, you know, just by simply cutting out alcohol, sugar and processed carbs, they've lost 20 pounds in a month. Wow. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it seems like, so this is actually this, I'm, I'm so happy you said that because it leads exactly into the next scenario I was going to pose you is I mentioned the, if it fits your macro people, I think on the opposite side of the people who will say that calories don't matter at all, you may find the, the keto people or the intermittent fasting people, people, I think both of those protocols, diets, strategies are useful and have their place. But the, the, the problem is always in when someone takes it, you know, way too far. Right. So mm -hmm. removing all the carbohydrates, removing all the processed foods, does it necessarily lead to weight loss? In many cases, like you just mentioned, mm -hmm. probably yes. Mm -hmm. Then the, the real question is, well, is it because you removed the, the alcohol, the carbohydrates, whatever, or is it because you consumed less calories overall? And the answer is kind of both, both right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like you replaced the junk with real food, real good food. And then surprisingly, your body was like, you've had enough, stop eating. And you, you stopped eating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think, I think the, the, the important nuance for people to understand is like, there's nothing wrong with any of those protocols. So long as you understand that, that the weight loss is occurring because you're subbing out generally unhealthy choices for healthier mm -hmm. choices and therefore... Mm -hmm. e usually eating in a caloric deficit. And then that's why you lose the weight. It's not mm -hmm. that the carbohydrates made you fat or the eating breakfast made you fat or, you know, anything like that. That's obviously mm -hmm. ridiculous because there are infinite examples of people who have very high carbohydrate diets, people who eat, you know, mm -hmm. every two hours and, and there are very, and they're very lean and very healthy. Right. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not a, a valid argument to say that it was the carbohydrates or the eating breakfast or the whatever that was the culprit. It's, it's the total calories in the context of weight loss. And then in the context of just health improvements overall, because then you hear the people say, oh, my energy is so much better. My, you know, my whatever, everything in my life is better because I'm keto now. Is it because of the keto or is it because you just, you know, stopped eating like an asshole? Like, you know, which, like, which one is it, right? <laughs> yeah. Chicken or the egg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just maybe um, to go off on that a little bit more. Like I would like to maybe um, give my, um, uh, let's say my ideas about nutrition that I think if you follow these ideas, you're more than likely to, like if you follow it fairly closely, consistently, 
you would likely lose weight over a long period of time without having to count calories. But eventually, like you said, the calories will just get into a deficit on their own. So I think, first of all, we already touched on this whole foods. You got to eat whole foods. If they're locally sourced, even better. Uh, and we already also said avoid processed foods. Do you want to do you uh, want to just quickly sorry to to interject? Yeah. Um, do you want to just quickly define whole foods because uh, I know that 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 can be a tricky term for for some. Yeah, just uh, some like the easiest uh, definition is not in a package, something that doesn't have like an ingredients list or a nutrition facts table. <laughs> yeah, something that grew or or was alive, something that was came from the earth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you know. Processed foods also had at some point come from the earth, but, uh, you know, at some, it, they just went through this, uh, through these steps that, you know, probably, so here's what I think about processing. Actually, this is an important point. I think, I don't think processing food is necessarily bad. It's how you process it is important, right? Uh, like, you know, cooking meat is a processing, but I think that's very important. That's, it's actually really good. So processing food, I think if it, if you, if you process food and make it more safe, more nutrient dense, and then make it more bioavailable, then that's good processing. You want to do that. But oftentimes the, the processing that happens with like uh, packaged foods that you'll find at a big grocery store, you know, the processing is done to make it more safe. But in that same process, we strip out the nutrient nutrients. Uh, and so, you know, it doesn't matter if it's more bioavailable or not. There's nothing in there anyway. <laughs> so right. that's kind of like the, um, yeah. So try to eat whole foods that are processed in a way that make the, makes the food more safe, more nutrient dense and more bioavailable. Uh, I think getting, uh, this is a uh, um, point that I like to stress a lot. And I, I'm sure you agree with this. Uh, get enough protein to maintain muscle mass. This is a very important one. Like, uh, either one gram of protein per, you know, pound of muscle mass or one gram of protein per your pound of total body weight. I, I like to go on the higher end of like the recommendations. I think uh, like that alone can do, can have such a big impact on people for people in terms of like losing weight and getting towards that calorie deficit. And then in terms of like the other macronutrients, I always say, say either do high carb, low fat or low carb, high fat. Don't do moderate amounts of both, or obviously don't do high amounts of both because, um, first of all, you won't find in nature, a lot of foods that are like both like high amounts of either. Uh, but it, yeah, it just like throughout the natural cycle of the year, like you'll have either times in, in the year where you have access to lots of carbohydrates or you'll have access to lots of fat. So pick one, don't do both. And then the last one is make sure you get adequate micronutrients, like micronutrients at the end of the day is like what really matters the most. I always say like, go for, if you're not a vegetarian, go for organ meats, go for bone broth. That's what you're going to, uh, you know, succeed with the most. And like, if you just follow those things, most of the time I'm, I'm like convinced unless there's some sort of genetic thing going on. I'm not, I'm, you know, I can't speak for everything, obviously every scenario, but for most people, it's a very basic out, outline to follow to be able to be, to, as a result, get a calorie deficit, not as like the original thing you're thinking about. It's an outcome. It's not the, it's not the decision. Right. Yeah. I, I would totally agree with all those things. I like that what, what you mentioned about the protein too, where you kind of aim for the higher end. And, and I 
do the same. I mean, most of the studies are done on, you know, one pound or, or whatever amount per lean body per pound of lean body mass. But I think, I think another thing just to undermine all of this stuff is that there's a difference between like the studies and like what's scientifically accurate in a laboratory and what happens with real people in, in real life. Like, mm-hmm. you know, to 100% accurately measure your, your lean body mass, almost no one's going to be able to do that. And then, so if you just you know, weigh yourself on a regular scale, say you weigh a hundred pounds, you can, you can eat a hundred grams of protein. Now, the way that I, the way that I kind of approach it is like, you obviously don't have 100% of your mass as lean mass for, for obvious reasons. Uh, but if you aim for a hundred and you end up in at around 80, that's probably more where, where you're going, where, where you should be. So it's like aim yeah. high. If you, if you miss by a little bit, you're okay. You, you, you've given yourself that buffer by giving yourself a little bit of a higher goal to reach. And if you're over and above that one gram per pound, like that's okay too. In that 1.1, 1.2, 1.3 range, like that's still, that's still good. And especially, uh, especially good in the context of weight loss when you're trying to like hold on to muscle as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's basically kind of how I feel about calories. Like, like you said, like we, we need to know that energy expenditure and energy consumption matters. And I want to say it like that. I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word calories because <laughs> I feel like calorie is a tainted word. Like unless yeah. you're in a laboratory studying like mice or whatever, <laughs> you know, like it's, 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 it's maybe not the right tool, right? You can think of calories as a tool, right? It's not the right tool. Like I said, let's reframe about not overeating. Let's reframe about the quality of food we're eating and let's reframe about how much we're eating. Once we do that, I think we can like really accomplish what, what most people want to do, right? They want to just lose a little bit of weight and look good right. and, and be healthy and, and, and like, you know, live a long time without aches and pains. <laughs> right. What type of people would you typically ask to count and track calories for, for a, a, a predetermined amount of time? Not forever, I, I assume, you mm-hmm. know, not forever, but it would, what type of person, what type of goal would you maybe say, okay, I think it's valuable for you to, you know, get a food scale, like do the whole thing, go like balls to the wall, hundred mm-hmm. percent as accurately as possible, count your calories. Uh, like, I think it'll depend on like the goal the person has. So if someone's like very, uh, like, uh, let's say an example is like, they've got a wedding that they got to lose weight for or something that that's a common one that happens a lot. You know, I have like three months, I have to lose weight, uh, by this date, you know, uh, it has to be an X amount so that I have to lose. And in, in that case, it, it does make sense, right? To uh, like spend a little bit of time in the beginning, especially like make, make sure you're weighing things out. You understand like what like 100 grams of protein looks like. And uh, once you kind of get an idea of how much things weigh, you kind of don't really have to do it anymore. I, I usually at most, I recommend people do it for two weeks at most, even even a week is a lot. <laughs> I think I lasted like four days when I did it. <laughs> like, cause it's just so tedious. It, yeah. it's, it's, it really is too tedious. So like, and it has to be a personality match as well. Like I said, like those type A personality types, the really analytical types who just like love doing that. Yeah. I would recommend it. And then if they have to achieve it by a certain amount of time, then it kind of makes sense to, you know, have them a, have a really good intuitive understanding of what, uh, how much food weighs and how much calories is in that, uh, like, you, you know, uh, guesstimate, <laughs> estimating, obviously. And then uh, that 
in that context, it makes sense. Other than that, I don't think it really makes sense a lot unless, you know, if, unless it's what they want to do, right? If, if someone wants to do that, then uh, yeah, I'll be, the, I'll be their coach. I'll be like, you know, cheering them on and, let, and making sure like they get all the positive reinforcement to do that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's not, not, other than that, I don't know if I really would uh, recommend it to too many people. Right. Yeah. I think, I think I might differ from you a little bit there. And I, th- in that, I think that it's valuable for everyone to do for, for a short period of time at some point. And, and yeah. it's probably not at the beginning of their, like, you know, getting into health and stuff. Like let's focus on eating healthy foods. Let's like make the good habits. Let's do all the, th- you know, let's get the big picture done. But then at some point I do think it's valuable for, for a short period of time. And by short period of time, I, I would like two to four weeks if, if it fits that person's lifestyle, you know, if you're not constantly eating out at restaurants where it becomes impossible, like if it's realistic, if you know that, okay, for the next two weeks, I'm going to be home. I don't have like all this nonsense where it's going to be impossible for me to control my food, count the calories and like, and like not even trying to maintain a deficit, like just eat what you, whatever you want Mm. and, and, and count everything. And, and my thought behind this is it, it just, it teaches you the val the, the, the caloric value of those foods. Like you say, Mm have a hundred grams of, of beef. Well, what does a hundred grams look like? Unless you ever worked at like a deli counter or a butcher shop, you have no idea what a hundred grams of, of meat looks like. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or here's probably the the biggest one. And, and this is kind of like uh, maybe a, a pet peeve of mine with, with like the health food, fake health foods you see online is like the smoothie bowls. Great. It's like full, full of, you know, uh, uh, you know, Greek yogurt and, and fruits and all this stuff. And it looks great. But then there's like, you know, four tablespoons of, of almond butter or, or nut yeah, butter yeah. of some kind. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. fine that that gets healthy, but that, that nut butter, like that's almost six, 700 calories right there in that healthy smoothie bowl. Now mm-hmm. calories don't equal health. And so, you know, that's take that for what it is. But in the context of losing weight, that much nut butter is not helping you lose weight for sure. But if mm-hmm. you've never taken the time to like count your calories, you would have no idea how much is actually in that what the what the caloric value of those foods are right and so in that in that sense i do think yeah. at some point it makes sense for almost everyone to spend a little bit of time doing this and then and then never do it again unless you want to like really dial stuff in but never do it again because once you've done it you, like you said you can kind of guesstimate to a to a close enough degree that you mm-hmm. know like okay this is roughly this many calories or this is what even this is what one serving of of x food looks like mhm yeah, you're estimating anyway, even if you're like very meticulous. <laughs> right. Yeah, because you don't know how much is actually being absorbed and there's like a whole host of other mm-hmm. factors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I can't argue with that. Like uh, like you said, like, yeah, if I could have a magic wand and wave it and make sure that everyone kind of in the world did this experiment and kind of had this experience and because it's experiential knowledge, which is, I think, the most important type of knowledge that people gather, right? Like through experience, you know, for yourself, I did this, this happened and no one can take that away from you. And like you, you know that, right? There's no other way about it. You actually know that. So yeah, if I could wave a magic wand and make everyone experience that and know that for themselves, I think the world would be a better place. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. A better place just because we'd all be a little bit, uh, a little bit healthier and that would go. Yeah. On to, on, one I would wave my magic wand one more time and make them go through like a nice strength training program yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If everybody, if we, if we like just deadlifted as much as we learn how to, if we learn how to like weight train as much as we learned 
so much of the other nonsense we learned in school. <laughs> like, what a different, what a different world this would be. But I mean, anyone in every field will say that. Oh, we should learn more accounting. We should learn how to pay our taxes. We should learn how to do all this stuff. Like, yeah, like probably. But uh, I think that we're all human, and like you know, it's, it, we all have our own body to to take care of. Like, it's quite easy. Okay, you know, financial. Everyone's got their their own situation. It's quite easy to pay someone to do those financial things for you. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, yes, you can pay a personal trainer to like help guide you through. But you still have to do it, and that's what's different about taking care of your body and health and all of the other things that you can pay someone else to to do or get advice from. Mm-hmm. And you're also the only person who can feel your body too. You know, like nobody else can know what's happening inside of you except for you. So you're the best person to, uh, you know, you're the most qualified <laughs> to be the one taking care of it. For sure. I think another thing that's really good about the way you say is like focusing on eating less, which, which I mean, is just another way of saying reduce your calories. Like how do you, how do you evaluate eating less? You're consuming less calories, right? But mm-hmm. how to actually do that realistically, what are some of the strategies you, you use to help people understand what eating less actually looks like and feels like? Um, well, okay. The first one that comes to mind is uh, I do, I'm a big proponent of time restriction, time restricted eating. And uh, a very simple way I start people is just with a 12-12 break. So 12 hours of the day, you are free to eat your meals within those 12 hours. And the other 12, the other half of the day, you'll be sleeping, a little bit of awake time, but you're just making sure that, uh, yeah, you're, you stay away from food. You make sure that you got all the food that you needed in the first 12 hours. Uh, that's, a, that's a very basic way that I, that I start people. And if they feel comfortable with that, then I'll maybe um, uh, decrease the, uh, uh, the time that the, they restrict themselves to, to eating to a little bit less. I, I like the 8-16 eight, eight, uh, uh, division. Um, you know, some people take it to an extreme and they'll have one meal a day or like four hours for as their eating window. You know, if it works for you and you can do that and you like it, great. But uh, I think, uh, you know, maybe diminishing re- returns at, at some point. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that 12 hour window because it's almost like it's time restricted eating, but it's not necess- it's not really intermittent fasting like that 12 hours is on the very low end of where you'd be getting the the, the fasting benefits. But if you, if you actually like spend, you know, five seconds and think about this, like if you eat for 12 hours a day, that's 7am to 7pm. That's not that ridiculous. It just basically means don't snack at night when you're watching Netflix and and scrolling on TikTok. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you'd be surprised how many people think that they, that they, they follow that, but they don't actually. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like the number of times people have told me, yeah, I already do that. Okay. But this time when you do it, like, uh, pay attention to it and <laughs> tell me if you're actually doing that. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time it's not, you know, people forget about the little snacks they have, uh, at the end of the day or even in, in the beginning of the day. <laughs> right. And, and this just goes back to like awareness. Like one of the first things I do for any like nutritional intervention is like, forget any goals, like write down what you eat. Like what, what do you even eat? And, and it's one thing to, like you said, ask somebody because we, we so often forget about that little snack, that little bite that the, you know, the, the, the chips on the side while I was cooking dinner, we, we forget mm-hmm. these things. And so when someone asks you, you don't report it and it's mm-hmm. not or the food your friend offered you, right? Like taking it back to what we were saying before is like, you forget about all the food that people gave you that you didn't even like weren't planning on eating. Exactly. And so, and so just paying attention, just simply noting it down to say, then look at it after and be like, oh, wow, like if I just stop doing these kind of simple things uh, or, or these like obvious silly things, that will probably solve my solve my issue. And, you know, a lot of 
nutritional issues, especially again, in the context of weight loss, uh, are, are solved just by eliminating some of those silly things that we are, are unconscious eating almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. It's awareness paying. These are low hanging fruit too, right? Like, and that's what, that's what you got to go for is go for the easy stuff. Don't make it hard on yourself. Don't, don't, don't create a, an Excel sheet with all the food you've eaten and all the calories you think each, each food has like, that's so hard and tedious. Just you know, think about yeah, twelve hour window of eating, twelve hour window of not not eating, and uh, you know you know think about writing your foods down. That's pretty easy too. Or you don't even have to write it down. You have a phone. Take a picture. Yeah, just one click. Yeah, yeah. Note it. Note it in some kind. I like that. Well, one one other thing I guess playing off that then is in terms of actual portion control. So you know we look at a plate of food and and how do we know what's too much? Like, what are some strategies you use to actually start to pay attention to that and say like, okay, this Mm -hmm. is a proper amount of food and, and, you know, plate B is too Mm -hmm. much food. Mm. Yeah. So I think that would be for me, I, it's, it's less visual and more about how you're feeling. Uh, so I, I, I want to encourage people to pay attention to how they're feeling post meal or during meal, during the meal, like, you know, there's a great joke by Louis CK that's he goes, the meal isn't over when I'm full. The meal is over when I hate myself. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, so pay attention to how you're feeling as you're eating and stop at the point where you're full. (laughs) And don't keep going. Yeah. (laughs) And and then pay attention to how you're feeling post meal as well. Like, uh, developing that level of awareness can, again, be that one might maybe is not so much of a low hanging fruit because it's like, it's challenging to do, but at the same time, you don't actually have to do anything physically. You just have to pay attention. So maybe it is a low hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's low hanging fruit in that it's very simple to, um, implement, but mm-hmm. it is, it is quite, you know, so many of us are so unaware of our body and what our, what our body feels like. And I think also in the, you know, with, with like kind of family style eating, you know, you put a pot of food on the table. And then mm-hmm. it's just, it's just there and you keep eating and like the hunger doesn't kick in until a little bit after you're done eating. So I think w- like one good strategy that I like to use is, you know, put an amount of food in your plate that you think is, mm. is going to be like, start here, just put an amount of food that you think is like the proper amount of food, eat all of that and and don't get seconds mm. and then evaluate. Are you starving after that plate? Yes. Then, then eat more. Mm-hmm. Are you, do you feel fine? Like, are you stuffed? you probably mm-hmm. ate too much, but if you feel good, you're not hungry anymore. Like that's probably in and around where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I guess, um, not that I hear you talk about that. That's definitely something I encourage as well. And I guess chewing, you know, just really encouraged, like take your time to chew. The longer you chew, the more time you have to like let the food get inside of you and signal back to your brain to be like, we've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> So yeah, like that, I, I do implement that for myself as well in terms of like uh, after I finish my uh, first plate, I uh, just give myself like 10 minutes. If after 10 minutes, I'm like, I still want some more. Yeah, yeah, can, can have some more. But if, you know, you get that full feeling, your stomach's like feeling distended, it's like po- possibly uh, listen to that and don't just unbuckle the belt, but also don't eat more. <laughs> unbuckle the belt that's fantastic I've but yeah before yeah yeah hey we, we we all have you know you have like the the stretchy pants you you use at a a buffet or something like that and there's a and hey there's or like, like when you hang out with friends right and you just like have like the big uh we've done the turducken before where we like uh do the chicken in the turk 
in a duck in a in a in a turkey. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I mean, and th- and those big meals are fine, but like you know, if you're really trying to lose weight at that time, you would you would also just adjust your food. Like that might be your one meal of the day. You're probably mm-hmm. not going to eat because you know that you're just going to pig out, but unlikely that you're going to overconsume calories in one meal because like I mean that's still healthy food. It's not like you're eating you know, you're having a Snickers bar party, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like a chicken and protein and there's vegetables and you know, whatever. So mm-hmm. it's, it, it's still, it's still fine, but you'll just adjust your total food volume in the day down a little bit to, to prepare for that big indulgence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, sorry. Yeah. I, lost I mean, my I think, train of thought. no, no, it's fine. I, but yeah, I think, I mean, a lot of this as always, it comes down to uh, just being aware, right? And it's and it's difficult to be aware of our body and the way that our and and be aware of how our body feels. But if one can master that, or or even even tune into it just a little bit, it really mm-hmm. does go a long way. And it doesn't take all that much. Like our body is trying to help us. It's mm-hmm. not it's not trying to 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 hurt to hurt you. It wants to be healthy. It wants to feel good. But you, you just mm-hmm. gotta you just gotta listen. Yeah, definitely. I I, I strongly uh, like uh, in, I mean in in tune with being in tune. <laughs> you know, I I, I want to agree with you as much as I can with 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 that point. Is like, you know, we ha- we live such busy lives and we're constantly bombarded with information, new stimuli. It's it's so easy to forget that like, you know, a lot of what's going on is like right here. <laughs> it's right here, and you 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 can ignore all of that and focus in on this rather than ignoring this. And allowing yourself to be, uh, you know, blanketed by all of this other information coming towards you, um, you know, and really inside of you is where all the answers are. If, if like, to be honest with you, like, it, it, this is a maybe, yeah, just just my opinion, uh, like, but I think like, yeah, like, you can go out and look look into the world and like try to find all the answers you have, uh, all the answers to your questions. But at the end of the day, like you have to look inside to see how that resonates with you. And, you know, if, if you're in tune with who you are, how you feel that then you can, you can much more easily be able to, you know, uh, align or find ideas that align with who you are and how, you know, with, with truth, if, if that's what you're, if that's what you're seeking, you know, like it's very easy to watch a video or listen to a podcast and be able to tell, is that guy bullshitting or is he talking from his heart you know well it's not very easy but it's, it's definitely over a long conversation like this that we're having like something like one to three hours you it's very like um it's much easier to be like okay that guy's just a salesman versus this person's talking from the heart and even if they're not 100 correct they're 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 a truth seeker yeah and you know where where does that come from it's it's your internal your body's telling you that like like your your gut feelings telling you that and there's much more of that. You there's so much more of that. It's not just like it's not just there for for being able to tell who's who's telling the truth or not. It's you can tell, you know, if your body's feeling good or not by just tuning in or what part of it is not is not great and what you need to do to make that part feel better. It's all in there. You just got to tune in. You just got to pay attention and listen. Right. I like that. And I think that's very well said. I, I was having a similar thought today actually. I was out for a walk and I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about, um, you know, just like life lessons they learned through various uh, experiences and, and, you know, all the things are not, they're not magic. Like, you, you know, all the self-help advice you can get, you know, be consistent work hard, do, you know, you know, all this stuff. Like we all know the words, 
Everyone can recite the words to the self-help books, but mm-hmm. there's something different between knowing the words because you read it or because someone else said it and then knowing them because like you discovered it within yourself and you, and you mm-hmm. listen and it came from, from inside you and you know it on a different level. And then when you learn that lesson through whatever medium that lesson is taught to you at whatever stage of your life, it becomes different that be consistent. If we'll just kind of, you know, go with that. It means something different to you than, than listening to even me and uh, you and I saying this right now, it doesn't mean as much as if you kind of learn that lesson by your own uh, volition and, and, and understand it deeply inside you. Yeah, hundred percent. The experiential knowledge, like we were talking about before, right? That's the best way to learn something is experience it yourself and uh, yeah, no one's going to experience it for you, but yourself. So pay attention to what's happening around you so that you can learn the things that you're experiencing. Exactly. I love it. And, and I think we could keep going on this philosophical topic as well, but uh, I, I do want to just bring us back with, with one more, one more caveat of the, of the calorie stuff. And then, and then we're yeah, going to yeah. on here. But so one example, we briefly touched on it before. And I think that this is a good kind of question that was posed to me earlier this week in just in terms of like a realistic uh, scenario. And I'm going to pose the question to you and want you to just kind of go off on it. Uh, so, so the question is, there are two people, both of them are eating an equal amount of calories and, and is an equal, equally large caloric deficit. One person or person A is eating totally healthy, you know, perfectly healthy foods. Person B is eating 100% processed total garbage, but their calories are exactly the same for uh, two months or three months, whatever time period you want to use. Will both of them lose the same amount of weight over that time period? Mm. I don't know is the answer to that. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, okay. So you're right. I mean, but okay, let's, let's try to, let's try to uh, think about it a little bit more. I mean, so I think you mentioned this before, right? Like weight loss doesn't equa- equate to health. So it's possible to see that in both scenarios, you could experience weight loss, but then potentially the person who's eating whole foods, I would argue, would have uh, better markers of health, whether that be measured by like doing a blood test or something. Maybe you can look at like, you know, their C-reactive protein or whatever other measurement, like, uh, you know, insulin sensitivity, all this other, other, other stuff. You could, you, could, you could do a measurement like that and be like, okay, we see a difference in this, in this category, but not in the weight loss category. So I, I think it's totally plausible that you would, you would uh, see the same uh, weight loss. You know, it depends on, you know, also what kind of training is going on, right? The physical activity and then potentially is the processed food harming uh, performance in terms of like physical output. So there could be some variance there. It's hard to hard to say for sure. But those are the initial thoughts I'm having as I'm hearing this question. Yeah. So I think I think one important thing to note on this question, and and this is the answer that I gave to, to, to the person who asked me, is like this is an impossible scenario. It, it is impossible that two people are going to eat exactly the same amount of calories. And and then there's another assumption on top of this I, I forgot to mention. The assumption is that these two people are identical. They have the same body proportions, the same amount of muscle mass. They weigh the same. And by body pro- proportions, I mean like their leg muscles would have to be exactly the same. Not just that they have the same amount of muscle mass. Like they would have to be two identical human beings, which that already is impossible. And then their lifestyle would have to be 100% exactly the same, exactly the same energy output, exactly the same amount of sleep, exactly the same amount of stress. Like 
so th- this is an impossible experiment, but it's a thought experiment. Mm-hmm. So, so if you assume all other things are equal, would they experience the same weight loss? And I think we both agree the answer, the answer is yes. Over, yeah. And over, then, well, one caveat, let's think about what effect the food you have, that you intake has on your metabolism. It's possible that by eating different types of foods, you change how your metabolism is functioning. Uh, so then it, you know, then, so then that has an effect on the calories out part of the equation. And so it's possible that the weight loss experience could be different. Right. So, the, so the experience would also, or, or the answer to this question also changes depending on the length of time, the, the shorter the period of time, the more likely that these two people will be the same or, or have mm-hmm. the same outcomes. The longer the period of time is, if it's a year or five years, the less likely those people are going to be or have the same results because too many things are changing due to the, due to the difference in food choices that, that yeah. are just, that are separate from the, from the caloric intake. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. With more time, just any, like, and lots of crazy things can happen. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think it's, I think it was a good question and it's, and it, and it seems it's, Again, again, it's impossible, and and we have to separate health from weight loss to to answer the question the way it was the way it was asked. the The answer to the question is yes, they would lose the same amount of weight, but mm-hmm. realistically speaking, it, it's not a good strategy. <laughs> Just trying to eat shit foods and junk food is not a is not a good strategy. It's not it's not even a realistic strategy the, the, to be able to maintain. The, the deficit by eating all processed foods, as we mentioned before, just based on satiety and, and caloric density or, or nutrient density rather, it would, would be highly, highly unlikely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be, I would just be, be miserable if I'm thinking about it, if I try to do that, like, <laughs> you know, it, it would be like glorious for the two seconds that you're eating the really hyper palatable food. And then like 20 to 30 minutes later, you're like, I need more, but I've already exceeded my calorie limit for the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a story. I can't remember if someone told me about this or if I watched the video on it or where, where it's from, but there was a, a bodybuilder and, and she set out to eat a Snickers bar every single day during her like 12 weeks of, of contest prep as, as uh, you know, just for anyone who's not familiar, contest prep is like when you're basically, you know, you're shredding down, you're getting those last little bit of body fat off to look like, you know, super, super shredded on stage. So, so in a severe or a significant weight loss phase, anyways, she wanted to eat one Snickers bar every day, just as kind of an experiment. And because she likes Snickers, she did it because she was doing it as an experiment, but like her, her self-reported, uh, outcome of this was that, you know, she was miserable because she was starving way more than she could be because she had that Snickers bar because she set out to do the experiment on herself. But the, the amount of, of fulfillment she was getting from the Snickers bar was, uh, was negligible compared to how much she could be. And she was just so much more hungry as a, as a mm-hmm. cause of it. And, and it worked. She got shredded. She, she did, you know, what she had to do, but mm-hmm. not very happily. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's like a very cool experiment. Uh, it's, 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 I, I, it was exactly what I was, what I was thinking is like, the only reason to do that is just to have a cool story so that like people buy you drinks at the bar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was probably, it was probably, I, I'm again, I don't remember who it was or, or even the context of it or whatever, but I mean, it's, it's a worthy experiment just to do, just to, just to say you did it, uh, just to prove a, a point to people to, to prove the self-discipline to you. Like, you know, she mm-hmm. was someone who was educated. She knew kind of what was going to happen, but knowing mm-hmm. what's going to happen and then feeling it happen are, are two different things. Like, as we just talked about that, you know, being in tune mm-hmm. with yourself and you have to learn the lesson by, by doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, you, you know, you, you know what the outcomes are going to be and you know, it's going to suck, but you do it just to, just to prove a point. And, and so that's valid. But mm-hmm. I think the greater point, what she was, what, of what she was doing was to say, don't do this. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not, it, it sounds cool, but it's really not. Yeah. And then now she has the experiential knowledge to like back up her, like, you know, a theoretical kind of understanding to like really have uh, a lot of authority behind the word like that, behind advice like that to say, you know, not to do it because if, 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 you know, she, she really experienced the, like <laughs> such a, you know, if it wasn't as, as a, you know, as yeah, if, if, if it was just like, miserable to do the whole time and the only thing that kept you going was like just the uh, thought ahead of time that i agreed to do this and so i have to finish it yeah it's uh, (laughs) it's just not i wouldn't i wouldn't do that i'm glad somebody else did it so i can learn from their mistakes and uh or or not mistakes but their their experiences their experiments and then uh yeah, move on with my life and do what I think is interesting. <laughs> yeah, some some sometimes it's it's nice to to think about it. And I mean, hey, if, if if you're someone listening to this that like needs to test this for yourself, then I mean, by all means, pick pick your favorite junk food, eat it once a day, and and make sure the rest of your food is good. I mean, be in a caloric deficit, you'll lose weight, and most likely you'll be miserable doing it because because you're wasting so much food on, on that junk food that you think that you can't go without, right? And you'll just be craving for like some healthy mm-hmm. food because it's going to fill you up instead of having a, you know, you know, pick your favorite, pick your favorite chocolate bar kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I used to have, I used to have a Kit Kat addiction in, in undergrad. <laughs> <laughs> I had one of the, I had a Kit Kat chunky every day for like two months straight. <laughs> every day? Uh, two months is not that, two months is not that bad. I thought you were going to say like the whole of your undergrad. No, I came to my senses after two two months. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but I mean, like a whole chocolate bar is a lot. But like, I, I I think I've talked about this here too. Is and I got this from my mom. Is like I have a you know a piece of chocolate almost every day with an espresso. But it's like it's one piece of chocolate. It's not a whole chocolate bar. Like it's one bite, and and then it's there, and you stop, and that's just to you know you satisfy that craving. I like the way it tastes with the coffee and the whatever, and that's fine. It's not over. Yeah, am I wasting calories on that? Like I guess mm-hmm. I, you know I'm not really counting or whatever right now. Anyways, but. But mm-hmm. it's it's a small enough amount that it's not really moving the needle either direction. But right. it, it gives me that mental break to to have that craving, and I just something that I enjoy. It's part of my routine, and mm-hmm. uh, something that uh, it works for me, anyways. But mm-hmm. you have to be able to stop at one. You, you, that's that's where the <laughs> that's where the magic lies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, because it comes back to the awareness part, right? Uh, we've all been there where we're like open a bag of chips, and we start with the first chip, and then like time passes you're like you come to you're like what happened and then the bag is empty you're like what i finished that i don't even remember it <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and it just goes back to this like such strange relationship we have with with food how it's just it, it is a very curious thing like i never really th- i've kind of thought about this before but when you mentioned it before it's been kind of in the back of my mind this whole time is like we have a very strange relationship with food like as a as a species like <laughs> it's it's pretty interesting mm-hmm. yeah it's not just it's not just fuel. It's, it's so much more. It's like symbolic of everything, right? We use it. We use food as a symbol for religion. Like it goes deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's for sure. Um, let's, uh, well, is there anything else that you want to say on the calories thing? I think we did a pretty good job of covering we, it. We like covered that, like from every angle I could think of, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many angles and there's so many, so much nuance to this. So, I mean, if anyone does have any questions, like 
we can't possibly answer every question about every individual, obviously. So like if you have a question about your situation specifically, reach out to John or I and, and you know, we're happy to answer your question and, and help you out there. Um, but I think we did a good job of getting at the, the general principles here and kind of covering up that whole uh, that whole scenario or, or debate, if, if you will. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, calories do matter, but they don't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hope that cleared things up for everyone. Yeah. So the answer is uh, the answer is is we didn't have an answer. <laughs> eat, eat healthy food and don't, don't eat like an asshole. How about that? <laughs> uh, so let's, let's switch gears here to the, to the second part. And I think this really does tie in well into sort of the awareness and getting into your own body in terms of just body weight training overall as an entire mm-hmm. principle, like you mentioned off the top, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, you take your boy to the, to the calisthenics park, you've got him hanging off the, hanging off the bar and calisthenics is part of your style of training, what you like to do, very functional, uh, mm-hmm. very enjoyable to yourself. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about how you how you like to train that way and kind of your training philosophy in all that. And sure. then we'll dive in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So body weight training, I just love it because of the fact that it's, you don't need anything but your body. So it's super accessible. Anyone can do it, it at any place. You don't need a gym. You just need, you know, your body. So that aspect of it, I think just, I love the most. So there's no excuses, you know, you've got your body on you, do some movement, get stronger, get healthier, get whatever, whatever your goal is. Um, And then from that, from that, like, uh, uh, it's just, uh, okay. So why, why move at all? Like why, why exercise? Why, why do any of it? Like, it's because it's, it's fun, right? It's, it's interesting. You can learn so much, you know, not, not just for, for like fitness and health, but like we, last time we talked about this, all these uh, lessons that you learn from training apply to all the rest of your life. But then, okay. I guess, I guess my question is why, like, what can you do for the that you like enjoy so much that like you're drawn to back to go go back to it over and over again without having this like feeling of it being a chore you know what i mean because a lot of times like you see it at the gym right like the uh people who are on elliptical machines they're just watching tv right because uh because being on the elliptical machine is a chore they just have to get through it and the tv's there to help them get through it so I, it's, I just, I, it doesn't resonate with me. It doesn't resonate with like how I want to train. It doesn't re- resonate with how I want to motivate other people to train. I think um, it's like, I want to make people curious about training so much so that they can come back to it over and over again and learn new things, find new lessons and uh, just be so excited and, and invigorated that like, you know, they just want to keep coming back. And so there's, there's many different aspects to training that you can do that with. So I wanted to kind of like explore what those are for myself. And then basically from then kind of put together some sort of like program that cobbles everything together, all my interests in, in training uh, to kind of uh, present to the world. And um, so this happened like last year, basically when the, everything um, closed down and I'm sure this happened to you too, but like in the beginning when everything was closed, everyone was like uh, 
coming, making like these WhatsApp workout groups. Uh, I had one that was called COVID small, mates. <laughs> we were the small mates of COVID <laughs> and, you know, people got together to try to, uh, you know, motivate each other to keep moving. Right. Like, and, and exercising and staying healthy. Even we don't, even though we don't have access to, to, um, you know, gyms. So I was thinking like, okay, this is great that people have this idea. So I want to take advantage of it by, you know, uh, you know, first of all, supporting people, you know, everyone, uh, not everyone knows exactly, you know, what exercises to do, how to train. So I thought I could make a program for someone to follow along and, uh, you know, train and get some results. But then I was like, okay, what is the point of this program? Why, like, why should someone do it? Like, <laughs> what is the goal behind it? I don't want to just make a, uh, like a random program, like there's, those are a dime a dozen, right? Like, <laughs> so I was thinking, okay, okay. I have all these things about movement, physical training that I like love. I'm super passionate about, I think are very interesting. And I think like each of these things you could spend a lifetime basically diving deeper into and like really uh, discovering for yourself. So why don't I, put a program together that try to, tries to incorporate all these things in, in a fun, easy way that like could be uh, digestible through like Zoom, because that's what everyone was doing basically it was like Zoom workouts. So that was kind of my, my main constraint is a workout program that is um, uh, amenable to training, to teaching someone through Zoom, and then like just making sure it's like not too long, like keeping it short, um, you know, uh, under an hour basically. And uh, so I came up with this thing called Body Basics, this training program. And uh, the way, the reason why I named it Body Basics, because I think it's like, it basically takes the basics of what your body's function, how, how your body functions uh, and how it works and what all, the, what all the different parts are. And, and just basically introduces you to a little bit into each one. And if you like it, you know, it's up to you then to go a lot further and find out a lot more about it and, and like, Basically, it's yeah, it's it's like a taster's kind of like a <laughs> uh, when you go to the restaurant, you have like all the apps, and then you have the like the one at the bottom where you have a little bit of everything. It's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I think. So, yeah. Go go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say. So going, why don't why don't, why don't we talk about it a little bit more before I kind of uh, describe what exactly how how exactly this, uh, this all comes together. Yeah. So I think it's really, I think it's a great tool and really important. And I think, like you said, uh, going back to the beginning of COVID and whatnot, and, and I mean, it's always existed. It just got highlighted because of everyone was online is all the online workouts. Everybody all of a sudden is an Instagram trainer, YouTube workout live, this, you know, whatever. And then you, you watch this, you know, easy body weight, 20 minute hit workout thing. And it's like jump squats, burpees, and like all these like actually advanced body weight exercises. Whereas most people, a lot of people can't even regular squat. And now we're jumping and doing burpees and like these, these advanced moves, which, which are mm -hmm. good when you can do them and, mm -hmm. and used in the proper, you know, within the proper program and with the proper mechanics and with the proper exploration of what your body can and cannot do and, and where you can train that and take that. Um, but you know, there was, there was a distinct lack of, of, well, how do I actually move properly? Mm -hmm. Like I'm doing these bodyweight exercises because that's all I've got, but I don't actually know how to do it. And it's, it's very hard to do an instruction when, you know, I saw so many Instagram live workouts where 
you can't, there's not even, it's not like Zoom where you can see the other people and kind of give feedback. You know, there's just you talking to your phone screen and, mm. and that, and that's it. There's no feedback at all. You're just hope that, you know, the, if you're some model and there's, you know, 50,000 people watching your Instagram live thing, you just hope that nobody's, you know, hurting themselves while, while they're doing, you know, this crazy workout that you're doing that doesn't even make any sense. So I think mm. that what, what you did to kind of fill the gap and, and yes, there, there are, there are, there are dime a dozen, like you said, of the, of the kind of home workout body mm. weight stuff, but there's a lot of them that are just crap you know, a couple exercises thrown together that don't make any sense. And with no mm-hmm. real teachable, um, mm-hmm. exercises that are, that are well thought out or, or thought out at all, really. It's through darts at dartboard, pick five exercises, sell this program 1999 and, and have at it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the whole jump squats thing, because like when it comes to body weight training of legs, like people don't know how to increase the intensity of leg training with body weight. So they just go right away, go into a jump uh, you know, plyometrics because, you know, that feels hard. So let's just do that. And meanwhile, like <laughs> they have like pretty bad, again, I, I don't want to like discourage people from moving, but like maybe they're jumping uh, and landing mechanics aren't the greatest. And they're just continuously doing that without thinking about technique. That's probably not the greatest, even though they're still moving and they're getting, you know, getting exercise. Maybe there's right. time would be spent better doing, doing something. Right. Something well, well instead, of, instead of discouraging people from moving to not, not that I think you're doing that at all, but like, let's just use a real easy term with, with a jump squat is like, if your body's not prepared for that, it can be dangerous mm-hmm. and, and dangerously. You're not going to, you know, it's not going to be fatal, but I mean, <laughs> you're, you're jumping and your body's not prepared for that. That's a lot of force putting through your, your feet, ankle, knees, hips, and, and your spine. And like, if you're, again, you're not prepared for that injury is just waiting to happen there. So how do mm-hmm. we go from laying on the couch, not exercising to being able to properly perform something like a jump squat or mm-hmm. any advanced type of exercise? And, and I think that's mm-hmm. where, where you specialize in. Yeah. And so when I was kind of thinking about the program, I wanted to build it from the base up. Like what are the foundations of movement and exercise? And I was trying to think like, what is the most basic thing? And then my answer to that was breathing, right? Like we breathe every day, thousands, if not tens, tens of thousands of time, time throughout the day. And, you know, we're not really thinking about it, right? We're not conscious of it because it's something we can do subconsciously, but we can also, we can breathe consciously. That is a very interesting and important uh, ability that humans have that is actually very different from most other animals. I don't, I'm, I'm not aware of uh, other animals that are, that have the ability to consciously control their breathing. Uh, why can't we do that? And I don't know, it's, it's very interesting. You can like I said, spend a lifetime, like thinking, reading, practicing, breathing. And, uh, you know, you might be some sort of expert by the end of that lifetime, but you will still get to the point where you're like, I know nothing (laughs) because there's so much more. Right. Uh, so that, that was kind of like with breathing, like just to kind of summarize it a little bit, like, I think with conscious breathing, you can really get into, uh, uh, get in tune, you build that awareness, like we were talking about before, get in tune with your nervous system, you can uh, really bring down the anxiety that you have, right, you can calm your nerves down, which is really important, especially now with given all the, you know, mania with the pandemic. Um, And uh, yeah, so you can have, I think, a bigger impact on your body on your on your health through breathing, than through any other movement, single movement, like, one by one comparison, it's not even close. And right. that's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think I'd agree with that. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of something just to like re- re- rebut you there, but I, yeah, in terms of like an actual movement that involves any type of, uh, muscles, I, 
yeah, I don't think that there's anything like that. And that's not even something like I wouldn't have thought about it in that context until you just said it. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, you can improve so many things. You can improve your lung capacity, your like aerobic capacity as well through like breathing exercises. So there's many different uh, like benefits to it. But uh, I think really the mental one's the most important one, just like uh, 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 paying attention to your mind, building awareness and uh, uh, almost realizing that uh, the thoughts that are popping into your head as you're focusing on your breathing, uh, you you know, you almost develop a distance between those thoughts and who you are as a person as well, which is, I think, really important. And then the the second most important thing that I was thinking of is, okay, I want to have a resilient back. I want to have a really resilient spine. So I was the as so what I incorporated as much as I could into my program is spinal movements, um, uh, specifically like learning to articulate the different like the spine's made up of like twenty four. Uh, vertebrae right like and you you with with time and with practice you can learn to move each vertebrae individually believe it or not and uh with that level of control you can develop back resiliency that like is uh you know uh, world class like you won't have to think about like back pain ever again meanwhile back pain is like the most important most uh um uh the highest reason behind like people missing work and not being able to do day, day-to-day activities. Right. It's like back pain sucks. Everyone knows you have like a bad day on your back. Like you you're like on the couch, you can't do anything, but so why don't we jump, get ahead of that and build a resilient back so that like, even on our worst days, we're like moving them better, more better than 90% of the people. So that, that was my thinking behind that. And again, with that, you can, you know, I, I see some videos of people like, moving their spines in such crazy ways where I'm just like, I can't even imagine like, <laughs> like how are they, how do they have this level of control? It's, it's amazing. You can like, again, spend a lifetime learning that. And if I can, like, I want to just introduce a little bite of that to people. And if like they like it, they, they really enjoy it. Then yeah, they, they should go ahead and like pursue it further and find out what are the limits of their, you know, spine movement journey. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is pretty impressive. I, I, I'm sure that we've watched some of the same videos, uh, people probably from the, the Edo Portal camp and under his methods, and they do some, some quite impressive uh, things. But I mean, they, they literally dedicate their life to it. Like I remember one video of him talking about uh, a one arm handstand, uh, one arm handstand uh, that he got. And it's very impressive that he did it. But then he was talking about it. And he's like, this took me seven years to figure out how to do it. <laughs> He's like, he's like, I butchered my body just to be able to do it because I wanted to do it and and I got it, but it took me seven years. You think it looks cool. You didn't see how many times I fell on my head and you know, all other things that happened to him. Um, but, but I think you're right. You know, the human body is so beautiful and so amazing that it can do all these things. And so it's like, yeah, let's just explore this, but we need, we need a framework because you know, you see that video on Instagram of, of of someone moving their spine in a super cool way, but how did they get there? How do you actually train that? Because it is trainable. They weren't just born like that. Mm-hmm. And so, so I think that's where, that's where you've, you've kind of hit, hit a chord with, with a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I basically broke it down to the, like, you know, it's not like I, I figure this stuff on my own. Like I took a course on spinal movement and then, uh, I learned and refined it for myself and the things that I found the most useful, the, the things that helped me develop my spinal movement as best as it could. That's what I incorporate the most basic movements right? Because advanced is the basics mastered, right? We, we know that. So I just took the most basic movements that I thought the most effective and I threw them in there in, into that program as like a, as an introduction for anyone who's interested. Right. I love and, it. And then the, the last component was um, just uh, 
primal movements, right? Uh, primal movements I, I defined as push, pull, and squat, and I divide, subdivided the squat into unilateral and bilateral. There's more than that, of course, and everyone has different definitions of primal or foundational or functional movements, but this just a basic uh, a template that I followed. So just, you know, pushing, pulling, and with the pulling, it's funny because my program is, uh, there's no equipment that you need for it. So it was kind of hard to try to, I had to get creative for back pulling movements <laughs> to, without a, without a, without a pull-up bar. Right. So that was, that was interesting and, uh, and squat, but the, what, what those things have in common, right? Squatting, pushing, pulling, you're doing global movements that, um, that require a full body contraction, but the movements are happening through your uh, uh, shoulders and hips, which are the joints with the greatest range of motion. So by incorporating that, then you're, you're being really time efficient again, right? You're doing the most amount you can in the least amount of time or in the, in the least amount of, uh, movements or exercises. Right. So that was my kind of reasoning behind that. So, uh, you know, regular push-ups, you know, any sort of squat or unilateral version, like, you know, side lunges, the uh, forward lunge, reverse lunge, all of that. And, and so, yeah, that, that's just kind of like the initial kind of framework that I used as my, and as I kind of like started really thinking about this, I was getting more and more excited. I was like, this is really cool. Like, this is something that I'd like, I'd like to do myself. And then I started like, you know, following it along and I was like, this is great. So I uh, had a group of um, friends basically that I uh, started like, uh, I guess it's called like beta testing uh, where um you know, we would meet once a week through Zoom and I had like my videos pre-recorded. I, I could share my screen and have a video of me like demonstrating the exercises. I would talk over the video and go over the final details. And like, as I did that, I was like, okay, this is, this is great. I need, I need to do, like go further. What, what else is out there? What else I can, I can, I like, you know, talk to people about introduce as like the a little, you know, movement snack that could like turn into like uh, much more for people. So then, uh, started like really going deep on like uh, uh, thinking about joints and movement through like uh, uh, joint articulations and then also proprioception, uh, thinking about like how our body is in space, what shape it takes in space without like having the visual cue, I guess, right? Uh, thinking about that and developing that, that sense. Uh, and then like thinking about balancing, single leg balance, like foot strength, all these things that are like, you know, I don't want to go too deep into like each individual thing, but like, you know, it's not just powerlifting. It's not just like squat, bench, deadlift. It's not just uh, even gymnastics. It's, you know, it's not it's just pull-ups and dips, right? There's, there's so many things. There's so many different ways to, to, to move, to, to explore the world, to, uh, yeah, just to f find out who you are through movement. And so that was kind of my, my idea about, about this whole thing. And, and that you know, each thing is, like I said, you can go into a lifetime of, of discovering it. And that's what I've been doing. Like I'm, I'm jumping from this one to that one for myself. And uh, it's, it, yeah, it's just a lot of fun to, to not have, uh, to have so many different things that I can, uh, it's, I have like a buffet of, uh, you know, movements uh, that I can explore for the rest of my life. Yeah, for sure. And it's, and, and one thing that I, or two things rather that I want <clears throat> to highlight from, from what you just said is like, you know, people say like, oh, I do bodyweight workouts. I, you know, I do a bodyweight workout at home. Do you? Like, 
do you do you do all the things that John just mentioned? Like, is it do you just do squats and push-ups? Like, is that your bodyweight workout? Because that is a workout. But do you do do you really do squats and push-ups? Like, are you thinking about it? Are you progressing them? Is there any rhyme or reason to how or why or when or how many or how intense or whatever it is that you do? Are you exploring your feet or have you have you thought about your ankle? ever in your life like have you thought about the way that your knee moves like this can go endless directions right and but but until we think about this and and i mean it's not i'm not i don't say this to like kind of shit on anybody it's not your fault for not uh having thought about these movements in your life you just never been exposed to these ideas which i think you and i john would agree that that's uh, quite a shame to not be exposed to not have thought about your ankle in in ever okay. uh but you know it, it sounds silly but like you know it's it's part of part of you like you need to be able to use that thing and know what it know what it can do um mm-hmm. and, and and just give having this direction with, with the the course and, and instruction that you've created is, is something that i think a lot of people need because we just were so out of tune with our bodies and whether or not you know if you want to call it calisthenics training is something that one wants to pursue you still need to know how to use your body if all you want to do is get back into the gym and squat bench and deadlift like that's fine but it you know, your squat bench and deadlift is going to be much better if you can actually use your body and, and do things mm-hmm. with it. If you can use your knee and your hip properly squat properly, then, you know, put a bar on your back with a couple hundred pounds and think, you know, magic is going to happen when you can do things correctly. Yeah, totally. Like uh, think about your joints specifically and uh, strengthen your joints one by one. And then all of a sudden when you use them all together for like a global movement, like a deadlift, you're like way stronger than what you started out. Yeah. Uh, absolutely it's uh, you know everything's connected right like there's there's no such thing as like uh you know an exercise in a vacuum like you are um whatever you're doing there is a reason behind why you're doing it but uh there's there's ways of improving what you're doing through cross training through you know just breaking down the movement and and you know, just being a little experimenter, right? Like just, okay, like deadlift really requires like good hip hinging, right? Like, let's think, what else can we do with our hips? Like, how else can we train our hip to like hinge really well to, you know, I- improve that deadlift number or whatever? Like you can you can go so deep in, in, in so many different ways or you can like, you know, think about the joint and then you can also think about the breathing on top of that. Like if you can incorporate good breathing uh, technique with, with, with the deadlift, maybe you can lift a little bit more weight and then, oh, let's incorporate the spine into this. If we can really learn how to sh- like strengthen the spine and really like uh, uh, learn how to brace it and tighten it, then again, the deadlift number could go up even more. Like these, all these things are interconnected. So, um, you know, if you're, if, especially if you've hit a plateau on something, maybe it's time to explore some other different things and uh, see how, what you can learn from these different fields can apply to the first thing that got you interested in the first place. Right. And I think, and I think tying it into some of the more traditional lifts may hit home with someone or with some people. And, and so sometimes people think about this body weight movement style of training as that. It's just about getting flexy and getting into weird positions. And I mean, for Instagram, yeah, that's part of it. And, and you know, that's cool in and of itself. But part of getting to those positions is is as as much as it is about creating flexibility and creating weird shapes, it's equally about creating rigidity. Like you think about your spine, you you want that thing to not move when you're deadlifting. Otherwise, it's going to, it's, you know, problems are going to happen. And that's when you, that's when you miss your lifts or that's when you get injured and stuff like that. So can you really, you contract the muscles to stabilize your spine? Can you actually squeeze your quad in a squat? Can you squeeze your triceps to lock out your bench press? And 
for a lot of people, you think, you know, you might not be able to do that. And this is something that, uh, you know, I'm sure we've both encountered in, in training people. It's like, okay, flex your quad. I'm, I'm trying. And you can see the person, like they're thinking really hard about it, but they, they have like, there's no, you know, the, the signal's not getting there. And so mm-hmm. like, how do we do that? We need to like figure out our body first and we can use some external implements to help that in some scenarios. But in the absence of that, you need to be able to like use your body and create force and, and create shapes and, and stop shapes from being created, uh, mm-hmm. by, by your own volition. Yeah. 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 I like that you said that about the spine too. It's like, it's so interesting about the spine because you like, it's like this, um, dichotomy of like, move your spine as fluidly as you can and as many different joint articulations as you can, but then don't move it <laughs> also and stiffen it and tighten it when you're like lifting something heavy. It's It's, it's an in- interesting dichotomy. Um, people don't often think about, right. They always think, Oh, tight, tight spine. This is how I walk everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like they're, they're like, they're like, you know, dancing through the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if, if our, if our spine was meant to be rigid all the time, it, it would have no articulations. It would just be one, it would just be <laughs> one solid bone. And if yeah. it were meant, if we were meant to be like dancing and floating through space, w- w- you know, we wouldn't have any bones there. It would just be, be some, jellyfish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So like there is that, there is that, that, that beautiful dichotomy of it. And, but to be able to control it is really what matters, right? Not to just let let whatever happens happens like don't let the weight or or the movement or the the ex the person pushing you or the you know the weight of you know you're picking up your your kid above you and and that extra weight is like making your spine fold backwards in half like you can't you can't do that it's not a way to it's not a way to live life and it doesn't have anything to do with the gym you know i just use that real world example of picking your kid up or your, or your grandchild or or god forbid you're you're picking up a box of cookies from the top drawer if that you know half extra pound is too much for you to handle you might hurt your back and that sounds like such a silly example but how many people have thrown out discs in their back by literally picking up like a piece of paper off the floor Mm -hmm. now it's a cause of like years and you know a lot of time of injury and that's the straw that broke the camel's back so to speak but Mm -hmm. but you know if you can't pick a piece of paper off the floor pick a box of cookies out of the top uh top cupboard without hurting your back like that's a problem Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's so interesting because like, yeah, not, not a lot of people don't even think about that very much. Right. Like they don't, they don't consider there's no spine day at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are you doing today? Just spine and buy, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember, um, Dr. Andreo Spina at the, at the FRC seminar, he was, he was, he said something hilarious about that. And he was talking about body part splits and like how we don't think about, we think about the body in such a hilarious way. You know, you'll have like, you know, buys and buys and back or, or back and buys and chest and tries. And then he's like, and then somehow just legs are just thrown in there. It's just yeah. everything, everything is like delineated. And then it's just legs as if the leg is just one, one thing, but all the other muscles are like individual. And I was like, why wow, I've, you know, I've heard that the term and I've definitely trained like that, you know, previous to that time and whatever. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's so hilarious that we just do that as if the leg is just one thing. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, yeah, the, the 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 foot foot strength right like there's no foot strength day either like and that's it's such an important thing because like every exercise you do on your feet is a foot exercise right like ultimately yeah yep. <laughs> and so like um you know it's it's a foundation it's your contact with the with the ground it's like it's everything and uh 
the more you understand how to like take advantage of that and like uh, leverage your contact with the floor to your advantage to do the things you want to do, the more like successful you'll be. And we you know you just, it, like I said, it's just one of these things that people don't think about maybe cause like um, it, it's not popular coaches aren't bringing it up or whatever, but, but you know, if you, if you spend a little bit of time thinking about it and like pursuing it, you, you can go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> you can go down to the point where like, you know, like, you know, like I've, I'm I, like, you could do, I'm seeing videos of people doing like uh, sissy squats from like, you know, like where they've uh, uh, piled up like uh, three or four, like heavy uh, uh, plates on top of one another. So it's quite about quite a bit raised off the floor and they're doing a sissy squat where their knees come all the way down past the plate where their feet are and down to the ground and they touch and they come back like beautifully back. And that's like foot and knee strength. That's like in, beautifully like uh demonstrated in this one exercise right like in a way that like when i saw that i was like oh my god like i need to do that <laughs> yeah yeah like the first thing i'm thinking or not the first thing like i i'm almost certain i would not be able to do that if i tried it right now but i also like i don't even know if i would be able to get into that position like just think about the the, the range of motion of my big toe to be able to to bend that much i don't think that i have that range of motion in my big toe and mm-hmm. and i mean i'm someone who's like more conscious of my feet and my foot strengthening and and doing exercises and being barefoot and and all that and you know i'm not one of these people that's walking around with with casts on their feet and these big giant shoes that are making your feet uh, stupid for for lack of a, <laughs> a a better term and so then you see someone like that and it's like well he's he's just a he's just a person. He's a human. He's not, he doesn't have special alien feet. Like my feet mm-hmm. in theory could do that too, but they don't. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, I love seeing that and being inspired. And like, I had the same issue. Like my big toe extension was crap still is not great. <laughs> and that was my main limiting factor because, uh, yeah, like my toe just would not bend back enough for me to be able to reach my knees down to the floor. And it's, uh, yeah, you spent, but, I ne- I never spend time on big toe extension. I yeah. just, you know, I just, so why would I expect to have good big toe extension if I never spend time on it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We see these these uh, cool exercises or shapes that people create, and it's like, well, I've never, yeah, I've never spent any time doing the things that try and do that. And we say big toe extension there, but like that's like one small piece of the puzzle. Like there's there's many joints and many things that are happening to make that shape possible. And mm-hmm. and you know, we only talked about one and and both of us have never spent time doing that. So what about, you know, what about the 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 other stuff that has to happen and there's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, we're not going to list them all off, but like yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of other stuff that has to happen to make that shape possible and and I know I'm speak for myself, I've never spent time or, or any significant amount of time training those things. So why should I be able to do that? Right. Mm-hmm. And I can't just sit here and wish, Oh, I wish I could do that. You could, if you just did the things that <laughs> it required to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's so many things, right. There's like, there's a world of movement. There's a world of like different people moving in so many different ways and moving so beautifully that like, if, if the right person seizes, sees it, they can be inspired to like, do that themselves to figure it out for themselves to like, just move. Like you see that you're like, oh, I, I can't sit anymore. I got to go move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what it's all about. It's not, it's not about getting into these crazy shapes and crazy positions. Like those are cool. And those are just cool end games. But I think even the people who do that stuff would say like, 
that's not what it's about. It's just about the exploration and it's about learning. It's about moving my body. I can do this stuff, but this is just, this is just the end. This is just the the cherry on top. All the other stuff is really, Mm -hmm. you know, the learning process through it is what was, what was important and impactful to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you take it back to that awareness. You just over through this exploration, you build the awareness of your awareness of what your body is capable of, what it does, what it doesn't do, what it feels and uh, yeah, with that exploration, you, like I said, you discover who you are, you discover certain answers to some questions. Maybe you didn't even know that there, you had a question, but you, you'll find the answers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the most, like, that's the most beautiful part. And probably something that I try and get at uh, always in this podcast is like, yeah, the, the, all the fitness and lifting and exercising. It's cool. It's great. It's amazing. I love it. But the, the more important thing is all the other stuff that we learn. And we've, we talked about this uh, on your podcast and I, that I've mentioned it a million times, but that's really what, that's really what matters. It's all the other stuff uh, that we learn about ourselves and then we can impart on the world and whatever it is that we do uh, in our personal life and, and to to help others and to, you know, just kind of be, be better people and, and live on this planet in a, in a nice way. Yeah. Yeah. And it all, all starts with movement. It all starts with breathing, heart beating, right? Two movements that never stop from the moment you're born till you die. And, uh, and uh, yeah, that's like, it's, it's, it's so hard to express like all the different ways that I like, <laughs> I, I love to move and I love to be inspired by movement and I want to inspire other people by through movement. Uh, so like, you know, if, if anything, if anyone gets anything out of this, it's just like, um, you know, it doesn't have to be through body weight training. It, it could be any, any sort of training, like even through a squat bench deadlift, you could spend a lifetime like learning those three movements. And like I said, at the end, be like, I know nothing, even though you're like the most proficient, like a lifter, let's say, because like, yeah, every time you learn something new, you're just like, you have more questions. Every time you have more questions, you need to do some more stuff to figure out the answers to that question. And it's this beautiful cycle that keeps repeating on and on and on and on. And uh, yeah, it can be through any, any modality. It could be about body weight. That's what I love. So that's kind of like the exploration I'm going through. It could be anything else. It could be gymnastics, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I think, and I think one of the, the biggest things there is like, we've all got a body. We're all human. So like we can all play a part in, in exploring this for ourselves. And there's got, there's something that you're going to like, it might not be lifting. It might not be body weight movement. It might not be running. Like, I don't know. But mm-hmm. there's going to be something that you like. And and just to go back to like the words you mentioned or, or the lack of words to like describe this feeling, like we all know what it feels like to, to feel good, to move, to have like, you know, you have a good workout and you say, oh, I feel good. But it's not, you don't feel good. That's not the right word. We just don't have a better word to, to describe it. It's a different, it's a different type of feeling when you feel like, you know, a sense of a accomplishment or unlocking a new skill that you were able to do before or going through a physically exerting uh, workout or exercise or challenge or, or something. It's a, it's a different term. We say good, we say amazing, we say these kind of uh, standard words, but I think we all understand that that's not really the the best word to describe it. We just don't have a, we just don't have a better one, but it's some, something innate, something inside us that we know and we, and we love and, and cherish and we should explore more and spend more time on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Couldn't say it better myself. Beautiful, man. Um, we've, we're at about two hours now, so I think we'll, we'll try and wrap this up. Is there yeah, anything, this is, pretty good. <laughs> is there anything, is there anything that's, um, that we missed? And I, I know, you know, I know, uh, you and I can, we can keep riffing on this stuff for forever, but 
Is there anything that you wanted to cover uh, that we spoke about previously that, that we didn't get into yet? Um, I just, I guess maybe I'll just finish with like a closing thought of like, um, you know, it's, uh, it's up to us. Let's go back to like, let's go back to, you know, we make decisions and then there's outcomes based on those decisions, right? Whether, whether it's regarding calories and food, you know, it, the same thing applies to movement and the outcomes of, uh, you know, physical training. So just make, make the decisions that are right for you, right? And everyone's got different things. Everyone, everyone has a different body, different mind, different interests, different things that they love, right? So, but the beauty of, of movement is it's, it's so wide ranging. Like you can do so many things and you can use so many implements. You know, you can use a barbell, you can use a dumbbell, you can use a pole, you can use nothing. <laughs> you can jump, you can swim, you can do whatever. You can fly. Like everything, everything's out there. It's just make a decision. If you like the outcomes based on that decision, keep, make, keep, keep, keep going. Keep making that same decision. Beautiful. Very well said, man. I couldn't agree more and I don't want to add anything to that to, to taint it, but, uh, that's, that's very beautiful. Um, Thanks, man. where can people find the bodyweight basics program? How can they, how can they get their hands on that? Yeah. Uh, go to, well, okay. So it's subscribepagecom slash body basics. That might be a little difficult, difficult. So just go to my, uh, uh, my Instagram, go to the link in the bio. It's there. The Instagram profile is jmartfit. Pretty, okay. pretty simple. And Sound, I'll put spells the, just like how it sounds. I'll put the links uh, in the, in the show notes as well. Obviously I don't expect anyone to just remember a, a URL, but, uh, but yeah, anyone, anyone can get that, um, Instagram as well. Um, anything else that you kind of want to kind of want to leave us with or, or anywhere else people can contact you or anything like that? Uh, no, just, just encourage if, if like people are really interested, check out the program, uh, and, uh, people who sign up for the program. I also send an invite to do zoom classes with me that I, I use the body weight basics program basically to, to run uh, zoom classes once a week. It's a pretty small group right now, you know, not a lot of people, <laughs> which is fine, which gives me more time to like give more attention to each like individual screen to give like pointers and things like that. So, so that's great. Right. Cool. Yeah. yeah it grows slowly as, as, as we all do, but we all got to start somewhere. Highly encourage you, anyone listening to check out John's program. Uh, if you've been inspired by any of the, any of the movement topics or, or just need to learn how to move your body better, which is basically everybody, uh, definitely check it out. Um, also, um, name of your podcast and, and where people State can get of it. Health. <laughs> State of health yeah. podcast with J Mart. Um, yeah. Apple, Spotify, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, uh, YouTube, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. It's on there. It's a little weird. If you you got to search like uh, State of Health and Jmart. If you just search State of Health, it doesn't always come up. So, Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I should have done what you did and just named a podcast after my name. <laughs> but I just thought State of Health sounded cool. So, <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I like, I like the name of it too. I, I was debating for so long on naming this. I was like, ah, it's just, that's my name. I don't know, whatever. It's like mm -hmm. less, less creative, less creative effort on, on my end. So whatever. Mine Whether was it's good uh, or bad, I have no idea. Mine was, I really like this, um, Dutch DJ Armin van Buren, and mm -hmm. he's got a show called the state of trance. Ah. That, <laughs> so, 
I was like, it's a state of health. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, everybody who went to my high school who's listening to this, I mean, Brzezani, uh, Woodbridge people, we all, we all will we'll know that and, and have tuned in to Armin Van Buren's state of trance at some point in our yes. in our high school days, for sure. That That's a, that's a guarantee. Perfect. But cool, man. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I appreciate you as always. Uh, good chat. Um, yeah, man. This is awesome. We'll do it again. We'll give it some time to simmer, let people uh, sink this one in and, uh, you know, come back with us with all the corrections and all that Yeah, <laughs> and how we're wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and we'll go, we'll go more in depth on other stuff and, and whatnot. Uh, we'll see where it goes, but, but we'll be yeah. back for sure. Yeah. This is awesome, man. Thank you so much. Cool, for, man. Okay. Me on. Absolutely. Pleasure's all mine. Sweet. Bye everybody. Thank you so much to John for sharing this discussion with me. It was definitely one of my favorite ones to date. There were so many things that kind of needed to be talked about, and this healthy discourse is so important, I mean, really in every aspect of life, and and especially so in fitness because we get so emotionally charged, and it can be so difficult to understand all of the nuance that goes into this, and not to speak that it's the value of having the coach, certainly part of it, but you know, we're all humans. We have to take care of ourselves, so being able to understand some of these concepts and understand how to apply it to your own life is really important, and I think John and I did a really good job of sort of breaking it down and explaining it in a way that makes sense and is practical and actually useful to implement into your life. All the bodyweight stuff we spoke about and the exploration of human movement and the human experience through that human movement was a beautiful part of this conversation, one that I think we'll have to get back into it and dive a little bit deeper into it uh, as we continue to experience and learn more ourselves and something that we'll probably have to just revisit every couple months or, or, or years or so as, as you know, the the scales of time increased as we kind of spoke about near the beginning of the episode, but it was a really beautiful exploration of all of that stuff. Uh, I think there's a lot of nuggets and information to take from this one, so this might certainly be an episode that you'll want to listen back to and maybe take some notes on. Like I mentioned somewhere in the middle there, if you do have specific questions on things that apply to you individually in your specific situation, given the context of your life, please don't hesitate to reach out to John or I at jmartfit on Instagram for John, at Daniel Yoris on Instagram for myself. I'll put the link to John's bodyweight program as well in the show notes of this episode, and you can access everything through there. Any other contact info, I'll have it all in there. Make sure you give us both a follow, reach out to us, say hello, ask us questions, give us feedback, all good all the time. We're always looking to grow and improve and help you in any way that we can. I greatly appreciate your time and attention. If you haven't already, I would greatly, greatly appreciate if you were able to leave a rating and review on iTunes. It goes a really long way in helping the show grow and helping other people to take control of their life and control their health and therefore improve their life overall. Thank you so much. We'll chat soon. Take it easy.